All right, Leadheads, welcome back to the Talking Lead Podcast. This is episode 2222. Almost at uh, 2223. Uh, that's going to be a good show. We'll have to do something special for, uh, for next week's episode. Uh, but this week is going to be an awesome show for you guys. And you can probably hear in the background, I got a little static, so that means I've got, uh, I've got some guests on the line with me. But first, I want to make sure you guys go back and listen to last week's episode, episode 2221, where we had Bud and Lori from X-Steel Targets, and we talked about uh, some great targets that you guys can use for long distance that are AR-500 steel targets. Uh, they've got a new line of targets coming out that would uh, definitely fit that build for you guys. Uh, we also had Nate with Frontier Tactical joining me as my co-host. And then we got into some more of our interviews from the Big 3 East where we had uh, David from Mission First Tactical on and Big Adam from Palmetto State Armory talking about Palmetto State's new um, PCC and 45 caliber. So make sure you guys go back and check out that episode. But this week we have an extra special treat for you leadheads. We've got the guys and gal, if she wants to take part, from Iraq veteran 888888888888, Eric, Chad, and sometimes Miss Queen Bee. Howdy. Howdy. What's up, guys? Does everyone know the sound of my voice <laughs> coming through the speakers of your truck right now? Keep it between the lines. Keep it between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so now the other one talking. Let's see if they can di differentiate which one's Chad and which one's Eric. Hi, I'm Chad, and I'm just sitting here just talking to Marty, and I love him. He's just so sweet. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> you think you you think you can tell us apart now? <laughs> well, you just said your name was Chad, so. Well, it is. Sometimes it just depends what you want to call me, honey. You, I don't gave know. it away. What, what are you, Southern now? I need to make you a mint julep. Well, well, they do say that we married all the time, so I guess I'm just a wife. Where's my cornbread, bitch? Well, shoot. What well, does that make me, then? The queen Boy, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think Brandy does shows very often, does she? No, I don't. So, She's busy with all kinds of other important things. So for those who aren't, aren't familiar with Brandy, Eric, uh, introduce Brandy to the, the Leadhead Nation. All right, guys. Well, uh, Brandy's my wife and uh, business manager and, and manager of many other things as well. But she uh, <laughs> she... She basically keeps all of us uh, crazy selves in Yahoos. line, if that's a word. Yeah, I mean, really, she's the brains behind the operation. Uh, I make it look ugly, and uh, Chad makes it look pretty uh, with the editing. I make it ugly, and she makes it all make sense. So uh, uh, Brandy is, is not a face you see on the channel. She doesn't really uh, appear on the channel on the videos at all, but she's very important behind the scenes and everything like that. And uh, she pretty much keeps me uh, sane uh, with all this stuff, so... <laughs> Wow, Brandy, what do you think about that? I'm often referred to as the glue that holds everything together. <laughs> she is. The Bondo. <laughs> she's, she's the Brando. The Brando, the there you Brando. go. <laughs> I see a t-shirt in our future. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, guys, welcome in. I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. And uh, this this is a, kind of a, an unstructured show, but uh, we've, got, we've got some direction that we're going to head with it. Marty, we're always unstructured, man. Well, you guys aren't. Oh, yeah. 
you you really we're, are. We're the, we're the masters of doing things the wrong way, and we just try to we just kind of like half-assedly sort of make it look good, you know. So <laughs> we well, still got still got all your digits, right? Uh, yes, I do. So far, so yeah, I mean, you're doing something right. I mean, you're in a room <laughs> full of uh, explosive binary materials there, so <laughs> it's just gunpowder. Sorry. Right. They know okay. that if they lose a limb or something, I'm going to practice my suturing on them so they they walk the straight and narrow. <laughs> so they might end much. up with a thumb where their ear's supposed to be. I don't know. Brandy's just been dying to stitch somebody up, so she's been waiting for some big laceration to happen. <laughs> I don't know. So I got a pretty nasty spot on my elbow. Yeah. Any medic said I did a good job, so Eric's I'm got a boo boo. So are you ta- are you taking training classes, Brandy? Um, I've got a little bit of background in the medical field, but. Mostly, I just dabble, but I am going to take a uh, eight-hour class with Skinny Medic soon. I think we're going to host one. Very nice. Is that going to be down in uh, Georgia? Yes, sir. Georgia. Down here in the south, baby. Well, you need to uh, <laughs> give us a heads up on that so we can uh, announce it to the Leadheads so they can sign up. I'm sure they're going to want to attend. I'm not sure if it's going to be public or private because he only does small classes, like 10 people. So um, it may just be like our group of folks and maybe a few others. You need to pop his cherry and get like a thousand people there. Oh, Lord. I don't know if he can handle that. <laughs> all, all, y'all, all y'all have to do is just follow me around and follow the blood trail. And you'll just, you know, I'm all you need. <laughs> you got a live subject right there between you two. I, I've always got a hole in me somewhere. What's, the, what's your latest project that you guys have posted up? I know you guys are always working on something. Posted or unposted? Uh, We'll talk posted, then we'll talk unposted. Well, let's see. Well, what's scheduled for tomorrow morning is um, 1891 Argentine Mauser. Uh, that's we shot from uh, 600 yards from the tower. Ooh, nice! And actually did quite well. So that'll be live tomorrow morning. It did shoot exceptionally mm-hmm. well. There's a few other videos. I got some things I haven't edited yet. There's some some other military surplus stuff. We did a Glock Gen 5 video uh, just yesterday. It kind of turned into almost a meltdown. Because we just kept running we ammo shot the mess out of that thing. <laughs> what do you think about the, the Gen 5s? Well, I mean... Just honestly, happen to have one handy. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Well, look, here's the thing. I, I like the Glock 19 a lot. You know, I'm a big fan of the 19. Mm-hmm. And I have several Gen 3s. Brandy has a Gen 3 19. I've got a couple of them. I know Chad has at least one. I gave one 17 to my dad, actually. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I've, I, it's just the thing is, I have Gen 3s already. And I do mm-hmm. like the autos here capabilities because you know we do run a lot of uh, a lot of them as host guns from time to time mm-hmm. so it's kind of nice to have uh you know an auto sear capability uh, running the full auto glock sears in the back that replaces the back plate right on the gen i wasn't really a big fan of the gen 4 and then when the gen 5 came out i mean there's some things about it that are kind of cool i do like the fact that it has like a standard like button rifle barrel mm-hmm. uh, more traditional barrel instead of the polygonal barrel which really if you're going to run cast ammo and things like that that does give you some more flexibility if you're a hand loader right. and you can run cast ammo out of the gun um i do like the flared magwell a little bit it's got a slight flare to it which is kind of cool mm-hmm. and really i mean it look if somebody didn't have a glock and they just wanted to have the kind of the coolest, newest thing. Sure, the Gen 5 would be great. For some of us old salts that have been around forever, you know, we have Gen 1s, Gen 2s, Gen 3s, earlier Glocks. I'm completely happy with a Gen 3 Glock. I like the way they fit my hand. I like the texture of the gun. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to agree with Chad. I almost like the RTF texture a little bit better than I do the Gen 5 texture. Yeah, the Gen 5 texture is pretty much like what the Gen 4s were, but the RTF is just nice and grippy. And, um, you know, I've got a Glock 43 that was done by Robar, and 
you know, their texture that they use is uh, kind of a medium texture on that gun. Yeah. I mean, that thing, yeah, uh, grab it. Well, well, well Marty, can't, Marty can't see it, but I can at least feel it. Grab it real quick. Yeah. I like to keep my carry guns close there, that boy. Oh, yeah. yeah friends so close by. Yeah, but it's got a really nice grippy texture to it. It doesn't really, uh, grippy. it's not terribly aggressive on your hand. And, um, you know, if I was to purchase a, a Gen 5 for any particular reason, um, I would probably stipple the grip or have like Robar or somebody else do some sort of texture to it for sure. Well, you know, that's the uh, thing now, too, is everybody's into the stippling. So, I mean, yeah, I like that the companies are going and they're putting some sort of a, a texture yeah. on there. But yeah, I can see that. That's a very aggressive uh, stippling there. I like that. Yeah, so Chad is showing me his stippling, which is very nice. But I'm I'm like you guys, the Gen Three Glock. I really love the Gen Three Glock. Um, but I'm really enjoying the Gen Fives. Uh, the trigger. If if you're the trigger's nice. If you're a left-handed shooter, I mean, right out the gate, the Gen Five is made for you. All you have to do is swap the mag release over. Yeah. You know that ambidextrous slide lock is yeah. pretty nice. The slide release. Um, what I'm really curious to know is how that new finish holds up because you know they yeah, did change sure. the finish process, right? And uh, look, you know, like the finish on the 42s and 43s really so, does blow, yeah, big time. And you know, <clears throat> that's one major complaint a lot of folks have had with uh, the 42s and 43s, and even a lot of the Gen 4s have that yep. kind of black oxide finish. Yeah, just does not hold up that well. Um, so I'm really curious to see how the new finish process holds up. I'm, I've, I'm certain that it's it's a type of melaniting. I mean, I don't I don't think they call it melaniting because I no. think that's a term that Smith and Wesson uses, but it's it's basically a form of melaniting. Yeah. When Some I asked them what it was, they didn't really have a term for it. Uh, they just—it's a new coating, is what they say. It's so—it's likely some form of nitriding, you know, just whatever the case yeah. is, using some different chemicals. But you know, the Gen threes—I mean, I've got police trading Glock seventeens that have never had a spot of rust on them ever. But my Gen, uh, well, I guess Gen four, you know, would be the correct term for the forty threes. I own two of them, and um, you know, literally just carrying the thing around every day for a few months. It developed rust on the bull nose. It developed rust on the rear of the slide around the sights. I mean, it just yeah. like that is not what a Glock should be, you know, subject to. It should. Well, not I would rust. consider those. I would consider those Gen ones because they've never existed before. So, yeah, but the features of them and the finish and everything is more along the lines of what they were doing with the Gen fours. Well, you know, and the, just, and well, the thing they're, is, they're twenty seven or they're twenty sixes and they're twenty uh, sevens. Yeah. Yeah, those hold up wonderful. They do. Uh, you know, and that Tenefer finish, you know, I think it's an EPA thing. The reason yeah. that they can't apply it here, I, I think here. it has to do with some EPA restrictions. That's a good point. Like, why, why change what they're doing if, if the old finish works really well? Well, it's because they can't apply it here. It's it's some legality with uh, apparently it's bad for the environment or something. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff that's bad for the environment. We still got some <laughs> laying around. Oh, what? Ooh, Who? Say what? what? <laughs> <laughs> So, Eric, what is my new that. Glock? What gen is my new Glock? Your new Glock. Well, you, you've you got a, a 42, but I think it's been Cerakoted. Oh, okay. Click. Click. Yep. So, you got a Cerakoted. Who, who does your Cerakoting? Moss Pine if... gave it to me as a gift, and it's uh, it's oh, Tiffany Blue. Very. Oh, oh. So you got one of the cutesy ones. Okay. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan up there probably did that Cerakote, unless Adam, uh, Adam's their new... Uh, intern from SDI, so he's been doing a pretty good job up there, but Ryan does some pretty excellent Cerakote work. Well, it's funny he, you uh, should, he, he, you should say uh, Cerakoting. Um, we're going to be continuing our interviews from the Big Three East, and uh, we're going to have uh, medieval 
Industries. Uh, they've got a new, um, uh, what is it called, hand hand grip, foregrip, that rotates like 360 degrees. You can put it in all kinds of different positions. So that's going to be. Probably seen, I think we've seen that one before. They've had it on display at a shot show and like the NRA on uh, some of the KSGs. Uh, that they have over at the Caltech booth. Uh-huh. It's that one that's just a regular post. You twist it and you can rotate it around all sorts yeah, of different got, directions. Yeah, it's got like a it's a little a ball joint on it. And yeah. Yeah, so we're going to have those guys yeah, on. Devil. And we're going to have Tucker from... Um, Blackout Custom Cerakotes. Tucker's company, but uh, he's a Cerakote company, and uh, we're going to have him on, too. He does all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, no! <laughs> Do you know Tucker? I don't know. I don't know the name of the company, but I think I know who you're talking about. It's one of those Cerakote companies. <laughs> well, well, look, the cool thing about Cerakote and Duracote is, you know, they really are uh, a very easy finish to apply. Uh, you know, really, if, if you can if you can spray paint stuff well, you can you can spray Duracote. And look, oh, yeah, at worst yeah. and the thing is, you know, I am not artistically inclined at all. OK, I, I am I'm the least artistic person you will ever meet when it comes to drawing or painting or anything like that. But even I can spray Duracoat or Cerakote. Now, you know, some of these folks do like killer work. I'm talking mm-hmm. like they, they're artistic and they like guns. And those are the folks that are really doing special stuff where, you know, they do like the whole distressed look and all that. Oh, that yeah. is killer. Like well, it takes that, a lot of patience. That's to pretty do. easy. You could do that. I mean, all you have to do is just Cerakote and then drag it behind your truck for a little while, right? Yeah, you know. About it? That's how they do that, right? I don't think that's the idea behind it, but. Oh, well, crap. All right. Well, you know, but they are doing they, some they, awesome um, stuff. They actually use a lot of the same um, processes that the Fender Custom Shop uses. Mm-hmm. Like when when Fender takes a, a Stratocaster or a Tele or something, they weather it and make it look all crazy and worn out. Uh, they use a, a a lot of really interesting techniques to accelerate that wear and make it look that way. And a lot of these Cerakote and Duracoat guys are doing the same exact thing. Like they're taking like sections of Berber carpet uh-huh. and like rubbing it and stuff, and it just it really gives it. It's this like crazy on look. HGTV where they're using sponges and different things to paint their walls to get the, the different textures. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. Some of the the techniques you would be surprised. They're they're pretty. pretty so have you been to the Fender um, shop? Have you been there to watch no. them do this? I, I never have. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. Brandy and I were talking about it. I, I've always wanted to commission a custom, uh, you know, custom shop strat. Uh, but man, those things start at like thirty nine hundred bucks, yeah. and, that, and that's a master built. Mm. And the thing is, you can go out to I think it's Corona, California, mm. out to Fender, and, and you can go and meet your master builder and talk to him and stuff. But it's like, man, you're gonna fly out to California, spend four grand. Wait forever. Yep. And I mean, don't get me wrong; they're beautiful guitars, but but, but man, I would it's think a lot that of uh, I would think that you guys might be able to work out maybe a trade with them, and you could go out and do a video. You know, that, uh, would, that would add a whole other dimension to your to your show, man. That would be awesome. Well, it's it's funny you mention that because last night we did our first uh, Patreon exclusive uh, meetup, like our our first. Well, I, this is a podcast, but I guess what would you call it? Like a, a YouTube live or we, whatever. We did like we basically did a Google Hangouts. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> we did a Google Hangout through YouTube, but since we had. We've got an account strike because of dumb crap, because of the whole Vegas shooting and the bump fire stocks and all that mess. Yeah. So uh, uh, our live stream capability was revoked for however many weeks. So we actually pirated the Gun Collective's channel, and we did a Google Hangout through the nice. Gun Collective's channel for our Patreon uh, supporters, cool. which was kind of interesting. It's the first time we ever did that, and I'm like, 
help, Brandy, tell me what to do. Well, I'm the like, reason, John. The reason that we mention it is because, you know, we discussed with some of our patrons uh-huh. last night the potential of starting a second channel uh, just for some of the more, well, I don't know, like motorcycles and like random guy stuff, fishing and, and like, I don't know. Like guitars, uh, music, you know, that kind of stuff. Guitars and music. Well, yeah, we, exactly. We and talked about we a talked place about, for all that stuff to kind of lie. Yeah, you know for, what I mean? For the past like couple of years, we've talked about doing a music channel and, and you know, the potential of it and everything and how we could go about it. But, you know, honestly, we've had this kind of recording studio, quasi recording studio set up uh, in the loft over at Eric's place for at least a year, maybe a year and a half or so. And we have used it like none, hardly <laughs> any. We, we yeah, jammed. I'm fixing to steal the computer. Yeah. Brandy's going to steal the editing computer basically because nobody's using it. Cause I mean, I, I was editing over there for a while, but it just got to be too much of a inconvenience because I can edit at home and then take care of things around the house or whatever I need to do or errands or things out in the shop. Right. But if, if I'm down at Eric's editing, then I'm kind of limited in that spare time that I have all videos are rendered and such. Yeah. So I think but, uh, uh, I think the gunny heard you say something about YouTube. I hear that uh, jack wagon train rolling in. Gunny, bring the train on in and let's uh, throw some jack wagons on the train. Hoorah, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Gunny, Gunny's got the train in, and uh, I hear another train in the background there. You, you guys must, uh, you must have another uh, Gunny Jack Wagon train in your backyard as well. Oh, it comes by all the time. It messes our videos up sometimes. They drop people off all the time, oh, unfortunately. Yeah. So they blow that horn. <laughs> they, toot, they toot that jack wagon horn all down the line. So, so speaking of YouTube, um, I don't think we've addressed this yet or not. But ever since the the incident in Vegas with the bump fire stocks, um, YouTube has gone, and anybody who had any videos or anything to do with that. And I don't know what their standards are because I don't do you know a whole lot of YouTube, and so it don't matter. Nobody, nobody matter to knows me. what standards are, <laughs> right? But they they gave everybody a strike who had that. There was no warning or notification or anything like that. Or, hey, you know, we're going to start monitoring videos with this particular subject matter. They just went ahead and gave everybody a strike. And by doing that, I, I assume that that limited some of your capabilities or or something like that, right? Well, the first strike limited our live streaming capabilities, but like it, it was funny because we were at Range Day uh, back in early October, and all this stuff had, had was going down that week, and um, you know, all of a sudden we were we were all finished with the day, uh, you know, shooting everything, and we were kind of like winding down. We were going to dinner, and a lot of us were just hanging out, and all of a sudden everybody started getting emails popping up, you know. Okay, yeah. Well, these videos are pulled, and you've been issued an account strike. You know, emails from YouTube, and it was not only us, but like uh, Suits Double O and Twenty Two Plankster, uh, Mister Guns and Gear. I mean, everybody who was hanging out with us. Yeah. I mean, everybody got account strikes because of the stupid crap. And Suits were the worst. I mean, ours was actually a Bumsky video. It was a a Bumsky install video that Eric did uh, up in Indiana, I believe, when we were up there at Corey and Erica's at their first like YouTube type shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was back like. Four years ago, and that video's just been hanging out. We actually, honestly, forgot about it, and it got flagged for, uh, you know, being, I guess, dangerous and violent content, or whatever the case is. Whatever they changed their algorithm well, to match. Well, here's the so. thing: it didn't even have a lot of views. No, it, it, didn't. it it wasn't even really seen by a lot of people, and they just decided to arbitrarily punch a bunch of us in the face. 
And the thing is, they do have standards. They have very clearly defined community standards that everyone's supposed to abide by. And YouTube really has a very honest and straightforward mission statement. Their mission statement basically is for everyone to have an equal opportunity to have a voice, to have an audience, and to share their ideas in an open environment with the world. Mm -hmm. YouTube has always stood under a banner of First Amendment rights and having the freedom of speech to say what you want and to be, uh, you know, on a level playing field with everybody else around you. And when they did that, they made a stark, uh, you know, basically a very stark uh, divergent, yeah, yeah, that, divergent that, from they, their that they were willing to, they were willing to give the green light to some people, and others they're willing to silence. Well, it, and, it reminded me a lot of when a lot of the big box stores, like after Sandy Hook, started pulling black rifles off the exactly. shelves. Exactly, yeah, right. Just because of oh, public opinion on this is kind of swayed, so we need to get these out of here. So it's like, oh well, public opinion swayed on bump fire stocks, right? Five percent of the population knew about them before Vegas, and now the other ninety-five percent were learning from but, the the mainstream media, which is an accurate portrayal of yeah, them. Yeah, all of the accurate content got pulled down, so that's all they had to go on. So that's where they're learning. Well, from. the point is, though, <laughs> right. that's the, a good point. The, the major the major hangup though is that instead of contacting me like human beings and saying, yeah. "Hey." This might be a problem. Do you think that we can maybe make these private for a while? Or, hey, can yep. you can you pull them down? Mm -hmm. And this is what we're thinking. Can you do this? Instead of just trying to reach out to us like human beings and do the right thing. It was just a punch in the face. They decided to just sucker punch us and not yep. give us a chance. And here's the bad part about it. I have no means to appeal it whatsoever. Whenever you get an account strike, you have a little button down there that says appeal. Right. And then you're right. able to appeal it and then give an explanation for why you think it's not a valid strike. I don't even have a means to appeal it. Like they didn't even give me an option. They no, used just, they used their God card and just you know, yep. boom. Now to be Made fair, you know, we, we've uh, we've had some talks with YouTube about it, and they seem to have an air of of care to them that they want to try to do something about it. Now getting something actually done is another story. Well, but some of the we're working on some it. of the channels out there that we I mean we we talked to everybody, you know, Such and Tim and everybody in, in our little circle, but uh um Tim's had his account strikes removed. So they've oh, okay. been lifted. Okay. Uh Such, Such had his first one lifted. He actually got a second account strike and all of his account strikes that he received, he received the first one based on three videos that didn't have a thing to do with bump fire. One of them was like a Boyd's Wood AR stock install. One of them was uh, like a, maybe an ATI stock or something along those lines. It, they were regular stocks. It didn't have anything to do with bump fire, bump stocks, bump ski, echo triggers, binding triggers, anything like that. It was not related to the topic whatsoever, but he got three videos pulled and one account strike issued. And then his second strike was for a video called M4 Carbine, the right stuff, talking about M4 accessories, AR-15 accessories. Wow, you know, and nothing about bump fire. But, but to be luckily, fair, to be fair, the videos have been restored, though. Yeah. So, like uh, Tim's second strike was for uh, it was a, for a his call out to to yeah. thirty nine ninety nine, the uh, Republican turncoats video, right? That, that video basically, and he got that video restored mm -hmm. and got an apology from YouTube and got the strike removed. Uh, Don got this. Uh, I believe it was either the first or second strike removed, and I do believe the videos were restored to YouTube. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, we shouldn't even have to deal with that crap in the first place. No, I mean, we, it's just, it's a knee jerk reaction that they did. They came up with a, like you said, an algorithm. They were searching for keywords in, in video descriptions and they just automatically pulled those without well, it consulting. Could, it could or, be an algorithm thing on the back end for sure, but we, 
after all this stuff has been going on and it's just kind of been more prevalent in the past week, we, we all collectively feel like it's some anti-gun groups, or whatever the case is, kind of getting their troops together and just going out and randomly like flagging videos. Not really randomly. I mean, like specifically flagging videos like they do on Facebook all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's clear evidence of groups out there flagging content and creators on Facebook, you know, for usually arbitrary things. And automatically, you know, the videos get pulled and then you have to go through this big appeal process. It's basically guilty until proven innocent. They're they're hitting it hitting it up really hard. That's all it is. They're going and trolling. And the thing is, it's against YouTube's policies to, to flag that. a video that you know is you're, you're not having a valid reason to flag it. If you you can't just flag it because you disagree, you there has to be a, a valid. You have to have a valid reason, and you can have your YouTube account closed down if you do that. Well, it's like crying wolf, but they have groups on YouTube that are called either like honest flaggers or trusted flaggers or something along those lines, and they mm-hmm. actually kind of you know monitor YouTube and they help. Uh, you know, keep the bad content off of YouTube. But if that privilege is abused, like Eric said, you know, they will punish it accordingly. Right. But it's just, but in the, the meantime, this, we kind of get screwed. The way this so. happened to you guys and, you know, that it happened to everybody at the same time. Like, I was there during Rains Day, and it's like, you know, it's like when the SEALs get an emergency call, everybody's beepers are going off, you know. they are, Everybody was looking down at their phones. They're like, holy crap, I'm getting, you know, getting a strike from from YouTube. <laughs> It happened to everybody all at once. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, so. I, I I highly doubt it was some group that went through and was doing that. I think they they did that on their own. There was some sort of algorithm or something that, they, and they used their god card and you know just chopped it. I don't even you know I don't even have a tremendous problem that the video is not there anymore. I just want the account strike removed because I think it's bogus. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, and, I mean that was my whole thing with the the bump stocks. Anyways, like. All they all they did was make something that wasn't very popular to begin with popular. You know, people well, wanted to go out and see it and find out what it was. And look, uh, the thing is, Marty, if you think real hard about it, you know, gun control to. created <laughs> gun control created the bump fire stock. If the Hughes Amendment had never been added to FOPA back in '86, oh yeah, it would never existed. Then, yeah. then machine guns would still be legal for civilian purchase under the NFA. And there would be no need for bump fire stock. I mean, and we know all what the crime looks like with NFA items. It's non-existent. I mean, it's non-existent. Yeah. So gun control created the bump fire stock, plain and simple. So agreed. Anyways, that's a good point. That is a good point. So, um, speaking of that, um, you know, with the bump fire stock, all the legislation that's, that's being passed federally and then states, all the states have, Got these uh, bills that are trying to get put pushed pushed through. Lots been introduced, but nothing's been even brought out of committee yet on a federal level at all. So, right, I know here in Tennessee, there's been a bill proposed. Uh, it'll get squashed. Um, Same thing in Georgia. But uh, I mean, that's the thing is, the, you know, they're trying to make it sound like it's the bump stocks that they're trying to ban, but actually, you know, it's anything that increases the rate of fire, which you know could ultimately just be your finger. Could increase the the rate of fire. Yeah, we, you know? we talked about that in a previous video so about like okay, so ban Jerry Mitchellick. I mean, I mean, in, in order if by that you know stark and and just blatantly open ended statement, you could say that a semi automatic in general increases rate of fire. So now it's all semi automatics, yeah, yeah exactly. the gas blowback. That's the yep. big fear with the open endedness of like HR three ninety nine uh, nine three thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah. 
is just you know how arbitrary or how uh, ambiguous the whole you know bill is. It's only a three page bill, and mm-hmm. it's literally one paragraph, right? And like anything that increases the rate of fire, bump stocks are mentioned, you know, specifically. It's just any device to increase the rate of fire of a semi-automatic firearm, and that could be damn near anything. That's too open ended, you know. It's a gas, you know. So the that's, gas. that's the big issue. So yeah, yep, so it, that's it, the big it issue, really, it's just it's a thing to end and and ban semi-automatics is what it boils down to. Of course, and that's the ultimate goal. And then the ultimate goal, besides that, is full gun confiscation. It's always the ultimate goal. Yeah, that's that's so, Diane Feinstein's know. slippery slope that she's talking about that she wants. <laughs> Oh yeah. To get oh, she wants to slide right down it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, she even mentioned that she wants the whole bump fire deal to be a slippery slope to lead to more gun control and what she wants. And she honestly came out and said, like we've said in previous videos and Tim has as well, that, you know, she honestly said and stated publicly that no gun control on the books would have stopped this atrocity. And she's National 100% correct. We turn now to the deadly mass shooting in Las Vegas. Senator Dianne Feinstein joins us from San Francisco. Senator, you're supporting a bill that would ban these bump fire stocks. Could there have been any law passed that would have stopped him? No, um, he he passed uh, background checks registering for handguns and other weapons uh, on multiple occasions. Yeah, it's the only thing I can agree with her on. <laughs> and uh, she, she, she made a good she point. Also, she also said, Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them in. Yeah, kind of. I mean, turn so in. She, I saw another gun buyback me. program uh, the other day. I was in the gym. I didn't see where it was, but I, I was like, oh, God, these are starting to pop up again. Good Lord. Oh, you want to talk about a jack wagon? I mean, the one guy in like Arizona or Nevada, whoever, like went out publicly and turned his guns in because I was like, you really think that that's the root of the problem? No. I mean, no. How, I don't know. I just don't understand. Where, no, it was somewhere out west, if I remember oh. right. But I just, I don't understand that line of thinking. Like, well, you know, this happened, so my guns are dangerous. I got to get these out of the house. And here here you go. Just take them well, away from me because I don't trust myself. It's an irrational, irrational fear is what it is. It's people who have irrational Good fears. Good grief. <clears throat> you can't, well, you you know, can't try to understand that. Yeah. You know, Sig- Sigmund Freud said that uh, that only really dumb and Im- immature people fear firearms. There you go. Did he say that verbatim, or was that exact quote? Was that no, firearms? That's more of a, or that's, more, that's, more, that's, that, that's more of a uh, of a er- Ericanized paraphrase. <laughs> paraphrase. <laughs> Ericanized paraphrase. Fear, fear of fear of firearms is a is a gross sign of sexual immaturity. Well, all right. There you go. <laughs> Welcome it back, Spurs to back to couch to your mother and wanting to have. Now, if you if you if you dream about guns, now I don't know what. That don't means. go there, Marty. Yeah. Don't go there. <laughs> I just finished watching Mindhunter. I'm, on, gonna, uh, I'm gonna look that. No, I just literally. I did too. I just finished watching Mindhunter. That was a pretty good show. I enjoyed that. I surprisingly enjoyed that. Um, I did too. It started off real slow and then it kind of got into it. And I was like, man, I, like episode whatever, 10 or 11. I'm like, man, this is it. This sucks. It seems like and it's. And then Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stranger, Stranger Things. Thing. Just yeah. watch that too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> those in just, thing. in just a second. So, oh, so uh, as everybody knows and has heard, the thing that happened in Manhattan. So we've had a, you know, yes. another terrorist yes. attack. <sighs> You know, and I don't know what direction I want to go with this as far as who I'll, obviously the guy who committed the uh the mass murders, you know, I definitely want to throw him on the jack wagon train. Not gonna mention his name. I couldn't pronounce it even if you know I wanted to probably. Um but the fact that 
Again, <laughs> if we go to the gun grabbers and we go to people's logic and or their illogic of you know guns are the root of of all our evil. Well, again, this guy went and rented a truck from U-Haul or Hertz or wherever the hell it was. Home, it was a Home Depot truck. Home Depot. Oh yeah. my God! Now, now I, I am I am so much against the fact that somebody can go into a Home Depot and rent a deadly without VA a background check <laughs> and the truck is black and everything and they white. can just ride off into the sunset and just run everybody <laughs> over. those things that should be illegal the trucks actually, who in the world allowed that yeah. those evil evil people and, that allow those and all the things that make them go faster people yep well it's like uh it's just under the the limit of commercial vehicle status so that way they can rent them and whatnot it's a flatbed truck trust i used to work at home depot so i'm all about them i worked in real department we want to talk about slippery slopes Look, you don't you those don't rental that. trucks shouldn't be able to go over 10 miles an hour you don't have to go through a background check to to rent a truck you just literally have to have insurance and have a driver's license and be over the age of 21 and you're good yeah we don't That's want it. a truck that has an ability to hold eight cylinders we think that they should only have one cylinder yeah. because eight is too deadly or they're Tires, you know, they oh, can't have more than four tires. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, exactly. and that's the yeah, thing. same logic as you know, they go is as, as for firearms, you know. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that, I, you know, I hate to use it as such, but I mean, that, that terrorist attack is, uh, it, it's a truth or it's, a, it's evidence that there is evil in the world and you can't stop evil from perpetrating. You know, you can only try to, uh, you know, dispel it. By, you know, having firearms and having a good defense against it. And, I mean, if, if you don't have a defense against evil, then guess what? Are you evil? And, just gonna take and it. again, where did this happen? Reason. This happened in a, a very highly um, controlled Gun city, area. You know? yeah. It's all the more reason why we need to get this national carry reciprocity put through. Somebody should have had a gun and should have smoked that dickweed. Yeah. Right then and there. And didn't he have Nerf guns or something like that? I mean, he, there were pictures of him holding guns, but weren't they Nerf guns or something like that? I I read a couple of stories. One said imitation firearms. Another one said BB guns. So I'm not sure BB exactly guns. if that meant like airsoft yeah. or if it meant like air rifles. I mean, because there's a lot of air rifles out there that are modeled after some like, say, the SIG firearms. Yeah. They look I don't real. know exactly what the guy had. They do. They look very real. And yeah. there's plenty of airsoft guns out there too that yeah. you know people have you know perpetrated crimes with in the past, and they've gotten shot or killed, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, he didn't have a real gun. Well, he had one that looked like a real gun. He was pointing at a cop. So what do you expect? And, and then Hillary be? Clinton came out and said, "Oh, good thing you didn't have a suppressor." Did she really yeah, say freaking that? Freaking tool. <laughs> no, no. no. It's, it's not a real Look, gun. I haven't checked on Snopes or anything yet, but I mean, did she it. really say that? I don't. Did I don't she really know. say that? It didn't. I, I think know, no. She said that about the Vegas. She said that about the Vegas shooting. I think. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. Like, I know we're talking about like the jack wagon of of the day or the week or whatever, whatever we're talking about in terms of who this jack wagon is. But Hillary Clinton's like the jack wagon of her. Oh life. no, she's got a permanent like, seat. Yeah, it's, it's just for yeah, exactly. <laughs> she has a permanent seat. Her on the Obama. She, she is the Jack Feinstein. Wagon train conductor. She's the conductor of the train. Actually, she, the ghost guy? she is getting dragged behind the train. Is that's where her seat is? <laughs> She's back there okay, bumping up and down on the on the train tracks. <laughs> she she's shoveling the coal, keeping it going. Right, exactly. But no, she she definitely has a permanent seat uh, on the Jack Wagon train. But you know that that's the thing is uh, if if again evil, it's evil. That causes this, and is there is there any cure for evil? I mean, no, you can't. If somebody wants to be evil, they're going to be evil, 
and they will find a way, means to perpetrate their evilness, for lack of a it better term at this people. point. It takes, it takes good people to stop stop evil, folks. You it know, it takes and, education. I mean, it takes good people. You know, and it takes the ability to be able to defend yourself. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, heck, I mean, in in that situation, how can you defend yourself against a ten thousand pound vehicle rolling down the road? You can't. You know, I mean, what do you do? You can't. And I think. Well, we can start by not letting the. We can start by not letting those people in our country. Yeah. <laughs> well, I there mean, you go. There you go. I mean, it comes into filtering the the quality of people that come in and out of this country. Definitely. I'm I'm all for vetting everyone who comes in. You know, I mean, this is our damn country. We should be <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, you know, proactive. We we should be a little bit more careful and proactive about who we let in this country. You can't just let every jack wagon in. Yeah, and that's the I way mean, it used to be. There's, there's, there's plenty of people that want to hurt us. I mean, it's just dumb. It's yeah, really we're just stupid. letting them in. <laughs> yeah, really stupid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But uh, do you guys have anybody Indeed. else you want to throw on the jack wagon train? Brandy, you got anybody? I'm gonna plead the fifth. <laughs> Fleet the fifth, huh? <laughs> Wait, well, is that right? Did I screw that up? No, no, no. That's, that's no, perfectly that, fine. That's right. Gunny, <laughs> haul that train out of here. All toot, right. Toot. So speaking of Gunny, Eric, you were recently on one of uh, Gunny's TV episodes, right? Yes, uh, that was Gunny time. Yeah. Uh, that's one of his shows. Well, I think the, the main show he's doing now. And uh, I couldn't, we, I couldn't we remember how many to- he had. I know he had several shows. Well, yeah, I know he had uh, what was a mail call. Yeah. I used to watch mail call. Mail call, and then uh, that, he's he's always had some random TV show. And Gunny's a legend in that regard, and uh, it was a lot of fun to work with him. Uh, he's just such a wonderful guy, and so awesome to talk to. And we got you know we didn't get to talk as much as I'd like to, but you know we got to talk about Stanley Kubrick, like him working with Stanley Kubrick, which I'm a really big fan of Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. So it was really cool to kind of have a direct link to somebody that had worked with Stanley before and Full Metal and Jacket. Just to, well, yeah, just to hear him talk about like his experiences working with Stanley and everything, and and just to hear the experience in his voice, like with, with doing this type of stuff. I mean, you know, this guy has worked around film a long time. So it's, it's really cool to kind of get some perspective from a guy like him who has been in front of the camera a lot. And it really gives, helps, helps me with some perspective. And then filming the show was fun. I mean, the crew was great. Uh, They were very professional. They did a wonderful job. Uh, In fact, some of the people on this crew I've worked with on TV uh, before, uh, in terms of some of the you know behind the scenes guys, so it was cool to see them again. Cool. And uh, working with Gunny was wonderful. Uh, so how yeah, did that looked, how did that come about? How did you get the opportunity to to be on Gunny Time? Uh, I'll let Brandy cover that. This Queen oh, Bee. Well, um, Fostech. <laughs> the um, they wanted to feature the origin on Gunny Time TV, so they uh, needed a shooter, and they asked um, Judd over at Fostech. Said, "Hey, do you have?" anybody in mind and Judd's like oh well we can do it and they were like well what about a veteran do you know a veteran he's like I know just the fella I don't know just the fella (laughs) (laughs) very cool so what was that episode about you're saying it's Fostech in there it was the origin the 12 gate origin shotgun yep um that's that's a shotgun that Fostech makes and it's um it's basically like a a really crazy tricked out Sega 12 uh with it's it's crazy. Okay, I mean we've done a lot of videos on it, and uh, it's been a real popular like thing for us to cover on the channel. Like we have origin videos, have millions of views and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the show with Gunny Time, we were just a segment of the total episode. So it wasn't like ah, it was just gotcha. one entire episode uh, devoted just to us. I think on that particular episode they had. Uh, 
was it a Gatling gun? Yeah, yeah they had a, a Colt Bulldog out there, old Gatling Ooh, gun. Sweet. And they had, um, I want to say one of the segments was on like the CMMG Mutant uh, or something like that. So, you know, basically Gunny will get, uh, you know, two or three different guests slash gun companies slash, I guess, interest uh, that he wants to put on the uh, on there, and then I guess he just rolls it all in yeah. uh, to like three or four different you know things into one episode just to kind of make it roll along. Is everybody there at one time, or they do it in different different kind of segments? <laughs> um, they do it in different segments, but like basically, uh, they'll probably film like a few segments in one day. So I think like we filmed uh, the Colt Bulldog in one day, and then the section with Gunny and I with the Origin, we filmed all of that in one day. That's cool. So you got to see some other other things being filmed while you were there. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I, I hope that I'm not like overstepping my boundaries by saying this, but I think that they had somebody cancel and the guy that we were like, I guess, on the land hanging out with just happened to have a Colt Bulldog in his collection. So like, well, screw it. We'll break this thing out. And, and it ended up being great Nice, because I could tell Gun <laughs> Gunny was like, we're not going to hit shit with this damn thing. And like just hearing him say that, it was so awesome. And uh, and I'm and I'm just thinking, come on, Gunny, give it a chance. And Gunny got behind that thing; he was just murdering stuff with it. It was awesome. awesome. And I think after he started like hitting the crap out of stuff with that with that Colt Bulldog, like it really turned him around quick. And he was like, yeah, you know, it really drove it home. But very cool. You know, I, I know how it feels. I guess the point I'm making is I really know how it feels to get out there, and it's like something's not happening the way you thought it was going to happen. Like today, mm -hmm. we we had an ex exactly the same type of thing happen today where. We went out there with the intention uh, of, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this thing. It's gonna be great. We're gonna film it, and it ended up being a big cluster. You know what? So yeah. well, I mean, it always is when you're trying to send you know little forty grain twenty two pills in at six hundred yards, <laughs> or big shotgun slugs out of an eighteen and a half inch smooth bore Benelium two at the same distance and not knowing where they're going. Going all over the place. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of sucked because we just had two previous days of pretty much every gun working as it should have, and the day is going along just fine, and that's kind of a rarity when everything works. I will say one <laughs> thing. We shot the freaking piss out of that Gen 5 Glock. We did. You had a few issues with the Mauser broom handle, but the Astro worked good. Yeah. What else did we shoot that day? Uh, oh, we shot the 410 musket, the infield. Yeah. And we did four, didn't we? What was the other one? I want to say we did. What was the other one that we did? Another handgun? Now, these ones coming up. Remember. <laughs> are these videos that are coming oh, yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah, these are videos that are that are up and coming. And then the day before that, we did like a couple of different mill serps from the tower. Mm -hmm. In fact, today we were out shooting, uh, you know, our little like green fugly <laughs> Mosin with the ten and a half inch barrel. Yeah, yeah. We were making shots out to 600 yards with it today. Oh, it that's was awesome. Stupid. With a red dot. Yeah. So, awesome. you know, we do some silly stuff like that. So you guys were nailing yeah, it with that, but, uh, yeah, with that we, Mosin? Yeah, Eric was. Yeah, we took the the heavy barrel fugly out, which was basically it's a custom Mosin Eric had put together. It's been a few years in the making, but it had a, a heavy barrel like UK fifty nine machine gun blank that was chambered and everything already for seven sixty by fifty four R, and it just happened to be cut for Mosin threads. So yeah. what they did was they 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 fabricated a barrel nut and everything, and Ray put all that together, and then it got sent off to uh, Bluegrass Gun Stocks. They did a custom stock on it, a uh, rock solid mount. We put an optic on there and took it out, zeroed it, and we were shooting like the cheapest two hundred three grain barn all like brown bear type ammo, yeah. cheap ammo, out to six hundred yards <laughs> with this thing, doing quite well with it. It was actually. doing awesome. But that gun was awesome. We were running a dead air uh, Sandman Ti on it, and that sucker was stupid quiet. It was really really nice. Yeah, I've awesome. heard good cheap, things cheap about setup. dead air. Yeah, 
Now, dead air scans were amazing, but just that rifle overall for, for what it is, a cheap just target rifle plinker, I mean, it really fits the bill well. For and what I have in it, I mean, yeah. it's, it's neat. But it's been a long time coming, but we get out and we do, you know, a few days of filming and we'll do like between, I don't know, eight and 12 videos or however many we can get done. And then all those just kind of go into the queue. They get put up on a whiteboard and I just kind of edit them as we go. And we film some inside stuff over at Eric's or gunsmith and stuff up at Moss, whatever. I mean, all that stuff you spend in the queue. We don't film like on a daily basis and release stuff. It all kind of gets put back. I mean, some of the videos we released recently have been in, in the queue for a month or more. Oh, so, I mean, I can imagine you guys are probably, you know, backdated for for probably months, maybe even years with all the, oh, the we, content that we you have guys enough, have. We have enough stuff just sitting around, like, military surplus-wise to do a military surplus video every week for probably two years. So how honestly. do you decide? How do you decide? I mean, you said you had a whiteboard. I mean, you guys are constantly getting people I know that are coming to you and say, hey, you want to try this? You want to review this? And I know you're getting some just, you know, stuff that you're salivating over and other people would just be, you know, walking around with boners about. But how do you decide, like, what gets put in front of something else? Whatever we want to do. It's just whatever you feel like. <laughs> it's just whatever we feel like posting. I yeah. mean, like, for instance, right now, like, when we, we did a video from the tower, we shot an M9130, just standard Mosin service rifle from the tower with 200 grain ammo with bayonet attached. And we were making some pretty consistent hits out to 600 yards over the sites. And like, for me, I guess it's like, I would love to see that video up soon because it's just like, I love it when a plan comes together. So a lot of times what we'll do, if we're going to be doing a video on something in my collection, like today, for instance, Mm -hmm. really good example. You know, I got a two, eight Ishapur infield, uh, you know, seven, six, two by 51, you know, basically three Oh eight, uh, infield. All right. Are we going to film this or not? Well, we take it out, maybe shoot a mag out of it, see if we're getting some good shots in at 600. If the accuracy's not good, then guess what? That video's not getting made. Yeah. So sometimes it just, you know, if it's a gun out of my collection, if it don't shoot worth the piss, now, we may hitting, just go on to something else. Are you using a uh, optics for that 600, or are you just doing iron sights at 600? Uh, iron sights on the military surplus stuff. Nice. But, yeah, we, we, you know, we do that all the time. We'll just you know, take a rifle out that we may have done a video on in the past, uh, like that Argentine, for example, that video was at least two years old, and we only shot it from, I guess, 300 yards or so. So we took it straight to the tower and just kind of revisited it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually, we, we usually take some backup plans out too. And I just picked up number five Mark One Jungle Carbine, and I bought some ammo for Moss Four and everything. And I'm like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna get this thing out. We're gonna do a video on it. The first shot, I'm like, yeah, I created the primer really good and spread that thing out. It 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 just. The headspace on his shot, just like most infields. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, well, we're not going to use that right now. <laughs> so <laughs> how it goes. Now. So that one's going back goes. to the drawing board for right now, and it'll get put on the put on the back burner for a while, and we'll it'll, we'll get back to it at some point. That's right. But there's a lot of stuff like that. It just is there anything there's, there's that always something to do that you guys like? So, I mean, you guys pretty much can do anything you want to do, shoot anything you want to shoot. Is there anything you've not been able to to get your hands on yet that you want? You mean like new stuff? Uh, new or old, yeah. Any, just like, what's something um, that you're just dying to do a video on that you haven't done yet? I know, I know, I would like to, uh, even if we don't video it, I would like to at least shoot one of those Hudson H nines. I yeah. think that's kind of neat. Yeah, the Hudson H nine. Um, I'd like to check out one of the fixed rifles from Q. Talking about modern stuff. Yeah, I those, mean those Q fixes. Those things are neat. I'd like to check one out in six five. I've never really been big into six five because I've never really shot it a whole lot, but I'm interested in. I'm it. telling you, man, six you five know? is really becoming the you know the buzzword in the industry yep. now. 
But uh, that rifle just seems cool. I mean, like a sub seven pound gun, you know, and I, I thought it'd be cool to drop like a thermal on it and use it as like a, a suppressed nighttime hunting rig. The only thing about the, key, the, the Q-Fix, though, I have heard some issues that people are having out of yeah. them, you know, like uh, issues with like the bolt sticking bad, like headspace issues. I mean, I've heard some some horror stories yeah. about that gun. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll ho- hopefully that stuff will kind of alleviate itself and they'll get their act together on it, whatever the case is. But that's that's an interesting firearm. I mean, you know, we, we all know Kevin Birmingham. He's good at marketing. Yeah. I mean, so that gun's being marketed quite well. Um, but let's just see if it lives up to the hype is what I'd be mainly curious about. But, um, you know, old rifles. I mean, I, I still would like to get a hold of um, some some things out of Tim's collection because he has a very extensive <laughs> military surplus collection. You know, he's got like the little Rashid carbines that are in uh, 762 by 39, yeah. basically an Egyptian. Now we say Tim, you know, you're talking about military arms channel, Tim, right? Military arms channel, yeah. Yeah. But he's got a Spanish destroyer carbine that he was just showing off the other day. Like, everything that he shows off on like Instagram or, or YouTube, like, oh, damn you, Tim. <laughs> I, I'm, I actually <laughs> am buying a gun from Tim pretty mm-hmm. soon. Brandy doesn't know it yet, but it's. it's <laughs> she does now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. She's oh, no. I was gonna say she's gonna break silence for that. <laughs> ah! But yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be yep. cool. So, yeah. Be another another project. So yeah, I would definitely. Like yeah, Tim's got that. a bunch of neat stuff. Yeah, he does. He does. How does he come about his stuff? I mean, he's got a lot of connection. He travels around quite a bit too, all over the world. Magic. Magic. He runs into he runs into a lot of people, and also you know with him having uh, the storefront up there in Valparaiso and everything. Copper Custom, yeah, yeah, Ca- uh, Copper Customs. Copper you Custom. know he has a lot of people walk ins that bring him stuff too, like trade ins and things like that. So yeah. he does basically operate a full time walk in gun shop too. So he does get a lot of trade ins and things like that. And you know Tim's Tim, so Tim's he, Tim. he knows yeah. everybody. He's a well, and he's a military surplus fanatic, much much like we all are. So oh yeah. We all we, we fight over guns and stuff like that. Like Eric and I go to the same shop, and sometimes we fought over guns or go to the gun show. We fight over guns, and, and we wind up getting each other back on things. So when there's like so. when there's just like one <laughs> of them, and, and you both are there, how do you decide who gets it? Whoever and whip out the money the quickest. Yeah. So there was a P seventeen. There was a P seventeen that you know was on the table, and I'd been talking about one. And so at Eric, I'm like, man, I really want a P seventeen. It's an American service rifle, you know, yakety yak. But uh, um, we walk into this gun show, and like literally the first table in there, there's a P17 on. Like, oh man, that thing looks great. And uh, Eric's whipping out money. I, said, I told you I wanted one. And before we went to the show, we were getting money out of the ATM, and I gave him my debit card to, to get some cash out. And he put my pin in like three times wrong, so it locked my account. Yeah, so see, I, couldn't, he even did get, that I couldn't even get money. Yeah, I couldn't even get cash out of the gun show. And I was like, oh my god, thinking but ahead did, right there. I did kind of swipe that number five out from under him up at up at mall. So, you know, what's the number five? Now it's his turn. It's a uh, this. It's a little short British infield. Um, oh, okay. Oops. Well, this got the headspace issue on it right now, but so it's a little jungle carbine. Yeah. Got the flash hider on there. Shorter barrel. Got a lightened and scalped receiver. You know, lightened bolt handle. Rubber butt plate. Rubber butt plate. Um, three hundred three Brit. 10 round, you know, box mags, fed with stripper clips, just a shoulder pounder and, you know, just one one neat gun for an infield guy. I mean, I'm, I'm big into infields for whatever reason. I don't know why, but the no. truth that, yep. that headspace issue might be another gunsmithing video. <laughs> we actually are doing a video on headspace soon. That's, so that, that's something that we're going to be doing. Yep. Yeah, that'd be a good video to do. <clears throat> now, do you guys get into hunting at all? Do you, are you hunters? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. I figured you oh, kind of yeah. were, so... 
I'm, um, I'm going tomorrow morning. <laughs> is it muzzle loader where you guys are? Rifle season's in now. It started. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it it's started like, uh, a week ago yet or not. I'll have to. Yeah, check. it started. Uh, it started like October 22nd or somewhere out around there. Um, but Eric uh, took a buddy out and um, they hunted over at the farm with the Maxim 50. Uh, when muzzleloader season was in, they got a um, doe kill on camera with the Maxim 50. And uh, Eric's been hankering to kill a deer with um, like the, uh, the Martini Henry and a few other black powder guns. And I've just been wanting to kill a deer with my, uh, oh yeah, there he is. Was he rubbing it in? <laughs> now, uh, we've got a Moultrie cam over at the farm. So uh, it'll take photos and then it'll automatically send them uh, to Eric. Oh, cool. So we can, we, he'll send them to me and what I want. So I can lie to him us. about what's really over there. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, there's no. nothing over there. Don't, don't no, waste I your time. Over there. Look, we got a, uh, we, we got a piebald deer over there. Um, my dad said he saw it, um, a few weeks ago and when really? I just saw it this morning, we were going over to the farm, opened the gate up and, uh, there was like the past two mornings, there's been does hanging out right there in the woods and, uh, they just hop, hopped over and just ran off and I just got out. I was opening the gate up and, Damn, if there wasn't this piebald deer standing over there, I was like, oh. I was trying to get my camera out and she went, Whoa. she just disappeared. Yeah, like, have you ever man. seen a piebald deer before? I have it. Not, not a real one. No, not, not in yeah, life. I mean, you, you, you're aware of what they are though. They're not like an albino. They're just kind of like a, it's like a genetic defect, but they're kind of like patchwork, you know, white mm-hmm. and tan, you know, really pretty animal. Yeah. God almighty. But, uh, yeah, um, I've been dying to kill a deer with my threaded blackout just to see what that 110 grain hand load of mine will do. But then after that, I've got a 1951, 336, and 35 I want to slam one with. We always got all kinds of guns we want to slam deer with. <laughs> like, I wonder what this will do. But yeah, his, uh, yeah, his, dad doesn't want us, his dad doesn't want us killing the pie ball. But it's like if a 12-point buck walks out and it's a pie ball, <laughs> I'm just going to have to play makeup. With, I, he's, he's going down. He's down. I just, yeah. I, I, just got, I got play buck fever and I couldn't see exactly what I was shooting. I, I'm, I'm just, just going to have to play makeup with your dad. <laughs> it was dark. At that point, because. Yeah, exactly. Man, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what came over me. <laughs> yeah. But no, we uh, we enjoy hunting quite a bit. I mean, we, we go out and we, we predator hunt sometimes when we have the opportunity and everything. And I know you guys away. are really, fun. really busy. Do you uh, do you travel around the, the country and do any hunts? Do you like pig hunts or elk hunts or bear We've done hunts? some hog hunting. We've done some hog hunting occasionally, um, just various places we've been. Um, sometimes it's just kind of like a, a plan deal. Like we went out to uh, Texas and we did a hunt with Sharps Rifle Company. Uh, we were shooting there 25, 45 Sharps and all, and we laid waste to some pigs out there. And, uh, the round did real well. It was a fun hunt. Um, and then I think when we were, what, out the, the air gun show out there in Fort Worth, didn't we go out with a couple of guys? Yeah. We went out with a couple of guys and did we some did. hog hunting, but we didn't see anything the entire night. Oh. And then I went down to, I went down to Albany, down to my buddy Rick Ward's house. Oh man. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel called the urban air gunner and he's a really good dude. Yeah. And, uh, he's, he's one him. of my, he's one of my, uh, hunting partners. You know, we go down and hunt all the time. We went out and laid waste to some pigs. We must have killed <laughs> seven or eight pigs yeah, nice. in one night. And then Ray and I traveled down there to meet Eric because we were going to Florida the next week with Brownells crew. And, uh, so we went out that, that next night. Not a damn thing. Crickets. Not anything. I'm like, where's all these those. hogs that you killed last night? Oh, they ran we, off. We they're, killed them all. They're dead. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. He killed, they laid waste all the animals and even killed a coyote, you know, and, uh, we got nothing. We just got, you know, dreary eyes and tired, you know, tired bodies and everything from riding around the back of a pickup truck, you know, looking at thermals all night. Like, oh. Now, Brandy, yep. do you hunt? I do occasionally. I've never killed anything, though. I just look, I guess. So you, you like to visually hunt? 
No, I mean, I, I have a gun with me. I just never see anything. We, we need to change that this year. We're definitely going to get her on a deer this year. Yeah, I yep. think you do. We're going to. It's like now, every time I'm in the night. stand, it's like crickets. Well, we, we may go tomorrow night. We'll see. I'm actually going down to a friend of mine's place in middle Georgia tomorrow. We're setting up uh, some corn feeders and some stands, and he's got a hog problem. So we're uh, oh, we're going to try yeah, we're gonna try to bait in some hogs and see if we can help them out with this hog problem. Now, in in uh, Georgia, does it is it allowed to use thermals and suppressors to hunt with? Oh heck yeah! Okay. You can use anything you want as on, long as they die. Well, oh, on nice. predators and hogs or whatever, but like on big game like deer and stuff, you know, there's laws against that. You can't hunt them at night and all that sort of mess. But right, yeah, all yeah. the other the, all the other critters, yeah, yeah, ho- the hogs and coyotes, and yeah, hogs yeah. and coyotes, they want them dead. Now, well, like foxes, like there's Texas. a season on fox. Yeah, there's a season on foxes. Um, but like coyotes and hogs year round. Foxes, whatever. you can't use an electronic call. You can only use hand calls for foxes. And isn't uh, season up in before too long? December first is okay. uh, is high as fox season in Georgia. Well, you know, speaking of, I uh, haven't watched it yet, but Marty, you can see this. What do you got? Yeah. We'll describe it. Oh, so you got a little uh, foxtail? That's a big foxtail, actually. That was a big. That was a big. Uh, Big big fox, and then I've got his skull in the house. I still haven't finished bleaching it and stuff yet. Did it's you just get that last out. year? That was last year, yeah. Got that last year? How big we was out, that? We were out hunting. Uh, big. Big? <laughs> big. Like big. big fox. 20 pounds? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like 17, 18 pounds, somewhere yeah, around there. He's yeah. a big boy. Yeah, that's a big fox, definitely. So, But he was dumb as a rock. man. We <laughs> Are you doing your <laughs> own <so> taxidermy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we actually had Cameron Brinker off with us. He was uh he was hanging out for the week. Um and uh we went out hunting, we were just sitting in the tower and all of a sudden he just started calling and uh <laughs> that dumb fox, he was like, well, all right, what's going on here? And then it was funny because we started like laying waste to this thing and it was like artillery coming in and he was bouncing all over the place. I took one shot, I'm like, all right, I got him. I'm like, why is he still running? What's I was I was shooting on? a I was shooting a CZ Scorpion <laughs> and I was lobbing 147 grain nine millimeter pills in it like 150 yards at him <laughs> like more they were bouncing all around him yeah and the funny thing is when we were uh when we were boiling that skull boiling oh head, god it was fun I, I had this little pot and I made a Swedish stove <laughs> like you know where you split four four pieces of wood and like let it burn from the inside out yeah. and we were boiling that son of a bitch on a Swedish stove in my backyard I felt like such a redneck and then we were calling <laughs> pros that day. Yep. Like when you're crow hunting and you got a fox head boy running, yeah, you're a redneck. So Cameron, I never texted, I never texted or made something like that before, you know. And Cameron said, "Oh, you just do this, this, this." All right, all right. So we boiled the head in OxyClean. OxyClean, oh shit. Yeah. So you you boil the head in OxyClean, it it kind of bleaches the skull and everything for the most part. You know, it cleans it real well. It gets all the meat and everything off of, disinfects it. And we were out there like drinking beer and boiling this head and everything. And then he said, all right, now, so you just take the skull and you just put some rubber boots on and put some old clothes on and you get a pressure washer and you hold the skull between your feet and you use the pressure washer to pressure wash all the other meat and crap out of there. You know, and I just had this fox head in between my feet blowing all this crap out of there with a pressure washer. I blew a couple of his teeth out. And he was like, oh, no. This is too much. Like, well, I mean, it was, uh, it was a small, it was a small skull. So he said it's easier to do if like a deer or like a hog skull or something like that with his teeth are a lot bigger. Yeah, I can but, see uh, that. it was interesting. But we know how to do it now, so oh, <laughs> we might cool. do some euro mounts. I euro mount every single deer that I that I shoot. If it, I mean, at a minimum, if we don't do a full shoulder, if I shoot one, mm-hmm. I at least have a euro mount done. This I don't do it. I don't do the euro mounts myself, but yeah, I've got a guy I take them to. And really, he doesn't charge a lot of money. Well, you don't want to get like all that. Bucks. You don't want to get all the goo all over you. 
Well, no, I mean, it's just he does it. Like, he's he's good at it. Well, all right. Yeah, we're not very good at it. I'm going to get a buck, and we're going to shoulder mouth that bastard. <laughs> She's going to shoot the pie ball. No, you're not. All right, Brandy. We I want, won't shoot the pie ball. We want to see pictures of, uh, of you and your buck this year. I will. I'm going to get one. That's got to be your goal. Eric, you got to get her a buck. All right, we're going to go tomorrow, actually, so. I've been stalking those ones on the on the Moultrie camera. I'm like, that's <laughs> the one I want right there. That one. <laughs> that we've, one. we've had quite a few show up. We had one big Bowwinkle motherfucker show up the other night. <laughs> nice. and oh, God, he was huge. Eric sends me a picture. Watch, like, I'm going to end up with the spike. <laughs> Eric sends me these random pictures and texts at like 11 p.m. I'm in bed laying around. My phone goes, Zzz. I look over. He's like, big boy. And there's this picture of this buck, and it's like dark as crap, and you can just barely see it moving along. It's like he's huge. <laughs> that, that deer is a monster. It man. is a big one. We got some big it's ones like over the, there, like Sasquatch's like deer that he rides. There's it some looks pretty like big bullwinkle. Bullwinkle. He's got rocking chairs on his head. Funny hands. you <laughs> mentioned a Sasquatch. I'm supposed to be going on a Sasquatch hunt. Uh, what? Yeah. What does What does that even mean? All you got to do is go find Zeke. Just find Zeke, <laughs> Zeke, or Adam from Palmetto, or oh yeah, one of those guys. Pickock forty five and John. Yeah, Big John. What's the Sasquatch hunt? Got a good Sasquatch buddy. Hunt? He's been sending like audio and pictures and you know like evidence of a Bigfoot in his area. So I'm like, you know, we're gonna get some thermal. We're gonna get some night vision. We're gonna go out there and you know, we're just gonna go identify what the hell this is. So. That sounds like a Blair Witch Project or something like that gone bad. Gone bad. I'm definitely going to have my guns with me, so. <laughs> well, that would be a step in the right direction. Uh, you you're know. going to get out there and you're going to hear banjos. <laughs> and then everybody's like, what happened to left hand? <laughs> he just right. disappeared well, off the face of the earth. Welcome back to Talking Lead. This is Chad and Eric taking over for more. <laughs> welcome back to Talking Dead. Talking, Talking Dead. <laughs> He's gone. Yep. Sorry, guys. Marty's no more. We're going to be taking over the show. Chris All right, Nice. We'll be seeing you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you'll lose. You'll lose all yeah, your that advertisers. That actually is a show. Yeah, that's right. I just now realized yeah, that you'll lose all it your advertisers exists. and it'll die. You know, the show will just be a, a figment of everyone's imagination. Like what? Talking lead? I never heard of that before. Oh yeah, it used to be a thing, but until Eric and Chad took it over and ruined it. <laughs> right. Whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it, of course, the, the standard is that we have to ruin everything. So you know, is that what it is? <laughs> that's why yeah. you guys got millions of followers. Yeah. You think you think people send us guns to do meltdowns with? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd love to send you my gun so you could burn it up. Yeah, that, go right ahead. They don't pay you for that, do they? There's no we way. <laughs> Freaking meltdown! You want to melt my gun? You got to buy it, son. What's the What's your last meltdown you did? Uh, the last one was the Adam's Orange Piston, I guess. Right? It was. Yeah. Um, so the next meltdown that we're doing, we're gonna try wow. to do it really soon. Like, uh, hopefully next week, uh, we're gonna be melting down a Smith and Wesson M and P upper. Oh, cool. um, cheap yeah, I went up to, up to Moss Pond. Michelle had a used one. I was able to buy it for a reasonable price. There we go. Bam. Take it out there. And well, we'll and it's been, it. it's been a very highly uh, requested video as well. Yes. A lot of people are like, Melda Smith & Wesson up. I want to see what it does. I'm like, all right. All here right, we go. Then. Here we go. And can we tell them about the other project? Sure. Ooh, yeah. So it's been kind of in the works for a while. They're waiting on like the forms and variants and all that stuff. But Hopefully, we'll be doing a SIG uh, Scorpion meltdown. Or not a SIG, listen to me, a CZ Scorpion CZ meltdown Scorpion. at some point. Yeah. Nice. So, they were, able to, yeah, they were able to get a variance on one uh, through Quiet Riot. 
And yeah, you know, we work with them quite a bit. You know, they they bring machine guns out and stuff like that. And when we we do meltdowns, they bring out you know the M16 lower and everything for us. And you know, so they uh, were able to get the variants approved. Chris told me that they were able to get the variants approved. They're just waiting on the gun now. So all right, they, well, we're gonna cool. melt so it down that's, and then that's something to look forward to, Leadheads. Definitely. Yeah. So now, Marty, do, we need some mags. You need some mags. You buy, yeah, we need a lot of mags. Yeah. So can oh, you we're gonna need that? a lot of mags. <laughs> we, I can help you out. Well, you can come down and help us load them if you are. If you are, I would love that, to. Know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to call up CZ and be like, "Yeah, I need about 150 scorpion mags." <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? I'll give them back. Uh, oh yeah. Well, well, we just need to use them one time. Well, all right. We just need to use them for a day. <laughs> now, did you guys just shoot? Uh, I don't know how old this video is. The uh, full auto 12 gauge with hmm? the suppressed. Was that what you were shooting? Full- Oh, that wasn't full auto. That was just our trigger fingers. Yeah, that, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. Which which shotgun was that? That was the Origin 12. That the was Fostec. the Origin? Oh, okay. On gunny time. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That, they are neat. I want to see you do a meltdown of a, what are they, AA-10s? Is that what those shotguns are, the full auto? Oh, that, oh that, that'll be impossible. AA-12, yeah. 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 You can't get those. The AA-12. Nah, yeah, that, that, guy's, that guy's kind of weird. He He doesn't really... Let people play with him that often. Mm-hmm. He's kind of cuckoo, cuckoo. Mm-hmm. He's out of Knoxville, Tennessee, isn't he? I mean, he's a cool guy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's just real funny about who he lets. I'm just saying that's the way us Tennesseans are. We're a little cuckoo. Yeah, cuckoo. <laughs> now that, you know, it's a it's a good thing. It's a term of endearment. Well, maybe you could uh, maybe do the origin. Maybe they'll let you do that. They'd have to make a machine gun. I'm sure they could do it. Hmm? Yeah. Well, you, I mean, it's not illegal. It's not illegal to bump fire. You know. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> it's not. It's really not. <laughs> so, yeah. Ban, ban them belt loops. Yes, sir. Get them out yes, here sir. right now. Well, guys, I know y'all got a lot to do, and I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show with us. And uh, it's been a good time, mm-hmm. uh, especially good for a, out with you, an unstructured show that we mainly, you know, we mostly do. But uh, you guys are welcome back anytime. Anything that, uh, you know, Talking Lake can do to help you guys out, you know, you're you're more than welcome to give me a call, and we're here for you. Cool. Just come down and load mags, man. I, I'll do it. I'm serious, man. Just <laughs> right. we, uh, let me know. We really appreciate you uh, letting us be on your show and everything. And uh, I, I hope all of the uh, uh, the listeners were not horribly repulsed no. <laughs> uh, by our, our horrible attempts at humor. <laughs> if you've gotten this far, may, maybe uh, you enjoyed a little bit whatever come over and check out our youtube channel if you guys want to it's iraq veteran 8888 and uh, we're also on facebook uh, iraq veteran 8888 official and on instagram it's mrs iraq veteran 8888 and uh, chad underscore iv 8888 chad's got no his one cares about chad. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares chad about me. has more followers than me now so he's stepping That's, up chad's got a you lot do. so real quick guys we had uh we just had a, a contest for a new logo for our lead heads where they get to pick their own design can you guys see that those three uh yes those three designs there uh i can Uh, see it who do you think won which one do you think won Ooh, that's tough um let's see the expanded hs the one on the left yeah let's see certified lead head the one on the right so you've got a certified lead head you've got a talking lead with the the bullet lead head and then you've got the lead head brigade i the one on the right i'm gonna say the one on the left I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn between the left and the right. I like the Leadhead Brigade. Yeah. So, you know, but I also, I also like the expanded projectile. I think that's kind of cool. Hands down, but, the winner was the Leadhead Brigade. That's going to be the new logo for cool. our, for our listeners. They, they got to design. These are listener designed. 
we had a we had hundreds of people submit uh, their ideas, but these were the three finalists. Uh, and we're going to be doing this with 1776 United. Sweet. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah I, I love, love the cross James. Rifles. That's cool. The Cross Rifles is neat. You know, maybe we need to, to have a, a spiced up new logo. Maybe we should let one of our viewers scratch out a logo. Well, well what you got to do is just do one for your, you know, what best represents your listeners, your subscribers. Say, hey, you guys submit one that you feel best represents the the Iraq vet, IV8888 followers. I don't know. I'm calling followers, but subscribers. Sounds good. We might do that. We'll see. That's that's an awesome idea. Get your people involved. That's great. Exactly. James James would love to do that with you guys, I know. But uh, congratulations <laughs> yeah. to the winner of our logo contest, and those will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. You guys will be able to get your new logo shirts and, and patches. Eric, Chad, Ooh, the beautiful Brandy, thank you guys again so much for being on the show. And uh, Thank you we'll for get, having us. Quit, quit taking so much. long to be on. We need to do more shows with you guys more often anytime you want mm-hmm. you just let us know and we'll be there if, if unless your your listeners just say oh, i don't ever get those jack wagons on there again you know <laughs> those jack wagons yeah i don't think that's good hopefully we won't be on the jack wagon train mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe <me. laughs> only if it's from the the leftist you know <laughs> that's right what would their jack wagon train be called who knows the snowflake train the everybody, uh, you mean they're they're trained for us? The everybody right. trophy train. The the people that don't agree with us train. Everybody else. <laughs> the I'm offended the, train. The the people that hurt our feelings train. I don't know. There are all the, kinds of things. The feelings train. That's what it is. The feelings train. Yep. Yeah. The wambulance. Dangerous wambulance. people train. The all safe right. space train. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mike one check check check. Mike one check. There we go. All right, Leadheads, we are back at the Big Three East Autumn Edition. Were you here? You were here for that, this right? Was the, uh, it was fall, now it's autumn. It's autumn. Yeah, we can't say fall edition. That's, <laughs> that's apparently that's... hurting some people's feelings. Uh, what are you going to do, right? <laughs> Tim, he's crazy. Um, so we got a new batch of uh, people here joining us. We have Tucker. Tucker, this is Tucker's second time on the show. It is. Tucker joined us uh, last year, Blackout Cerakote. Yeah, last right? year was our uh, our first time on the show. Uh, actually, we were, I think, even only a month into opening our company. Y'all were a new first. company. We were brand new, and uh, we're still here. Um, we've, we've grown a lot in the past year, um, probably faster than I, I expected. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's not a bad problem to have you know that's that's what you were kind of hoping would yeah, happen, right <laughs> yeah that's kind of what we were talking careful about what you year. wish for kind of thing yeah ben was telling me he was going to send me a rifle to paint though i'm still waiting on that one mookie yeah i remember because he was in the last podcast that's right you need to you need to like send him that sound bite yeah right <laughs> and say hey, this is for you mookie if you're listening <laughs> if you're listening mook send him that rifle man yeah. the local boy too right up the yeah, road yeah I yeah, know, yeah he, like their shop is like i don't know i think like 15 minutes from ours so Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's just right there. He's you right should there. just drive over there. Man. I know. Just, I should just grab one. Like with the shit. I mean, you can't even give people stuff nowadays, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I hook him up, but it's whatever. Also joining us is Steve Azokar, not truck. <laughs> Steve Azokar, CEO of Medieval Industries. Said he's gonna get medieval on him. Yes, a little Pulp Fiction reference. So, how did you come up with that name, Medieval? Actually, you like Pulp Fiction? Well, yeah, of course (laughs) I do. Who doesn't? (laughs) But we uh, we initially started off with the like medieval, like medieval ages, Mm -hmm. and my youngest son 
just kind of sit there and he goes, why don't you just do mid evil? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, with our industry and all, right. and with the left, the way we're they already do. demonized exactly. anyway. Right? And, and I was kind of like, but I guess if it's only mid, it's not all the way. Let's go for it. And it's it just, I think it's I like catchier it. than what's out there. I think so. it's a good name. I like it. Yeah. Thanks. No, I'm not yeah, knocking it at all. I love it's the name. It's man. hard to pick names for a company, it man. Is. Like, and something that's not already taken. Yeah. Or, you know, sounds too much like another one. Everybody yeah. uses the same buzzwords. Yeah. yeah. Especially in the gun yeah. industry. I mean, there's only so many things you could. How many you know, times do, can this be tactical before it's everything? <laughs> right. Right. You know, so. it's, yeah, it gets repetitive. But right. yeah, I like it. It's a good name. So where are you guys based out of? San Diego. San Diego. So you, yeah. you came a long way to get here. No, I drove here. Did you oh, drive? Oh, that drive? Oh, man, man I'm bless sorry. Your heart. I'm sorry. Well, I, I had to become a traveling salesman. I was feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> you know, I drove nine and a half hours. That was probably what, at least double for you. How long of a drive was that? It's a two day drive, isn't it? No, well, 36 hours is what they call it. But oh, I left, technically, if I'd have left Friday, I would have been here Tuesday right. or Monday night. But we decided let's leave Tuesday. And then while I'm driving, I'm going to pull in and meet and greet, show my grip and a couple of my other products to the dealers direct and yeah. that that worked well i mean we actually met quite a few people we actually so sold you stopped at like a lot of the gun shops and stuff oh yeah no we, we that's an in. awesome idea that's a good way to do it yeah it, it, make we, a business trip out of we it. do yeah, that locally exactly. and i think that's you know to go cross country and do it that's a great idea well yeah because we're out of california and yeah we all know california has got all these crazy gun laws right now yeah and the most recent batch that came through basically our california consumer is completely confused. They they don't know what's up or down anymore. They don't I know what confused. they can have. No, I mean it, it takes a while to learn it. I'm and since we've been out there, it just really wasn't the place for us to be. Not to mention, you know, we've sold our products and all they're there. But the yeah. thing is, the market's so crappy right now, anyways, especially there because anyone that's buying anything's trying to buy compliant stuff to make their AR-15s and stuff compliant with the new law. And then the, the, the accessory things are kind of the afterthought. So Yeah. And then once well, we, we haven't done let's talk about what your company does. So, okay, cool. Yeah, so as, so, we're, as we're Well we started explaining off explaining your trip here. Nine years ago, California has had this law this the law that's been implemented, it's called the bullet button on AR fifteens and any type of, you know, tactical rifle and center fire rifle. Right. I Which say. the purpose of that is basically to slow down the process of reloading uh, a gun, you know, your rifles. Instead of you being able to just push regular magazine releases, they had a setup where it's a small hole. You have to stick the tip of a bullet into there to, to release like the magazine. Exactly. So we came up, I came up with a thing called the Mag Magnet. And it's a little magnetic tool that fits right over it. And it's actually done well. I mean, it, it still sells today, even with the law changing January 1st. And so then from there, I came up with the. Uh, so they're changing that law. Oh, yeah, no, that thing's... So the it, bullet button's going away. It's yes, going bye-bye. exactly. Nice. Well, the way it's going to work is... is A win if, for California. If yeah, you, I know. Oh, well, no, Rare. no, no, it's worse. Oh. It, it gets worse. So, I, of course I spoke too soon. Yeah. yeah. So they give you a little taste of it, then they then they do something worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's... And so basically what they've left you a choice with, if you want to keep your bullet button, you have to register it with the Department of Justice. So if, is it like similar to like registering a SBR? Or yes, like that? exactly, exactly. They've wow. even gone as far as the eighty percenters. You cannot have an unserialized eighty percenter as of July first, two thousand eighteen. Really? Right. It's it's really gotten bad. So it's then, yeah. that so the option can be you can go featureless, which means you can't. You know, there's all kinds of rules, but you can go featureless, 
and have a standard magazine release as long as you meet the requirements of not having any of the California evil features, which my grip is an evil feature according to California legislators. So then you can either register what no one wants to do, and then they have other kits like the Maglock and the Patriot. These are all set yeah. up where if you pull the rear pin and you actually break the action of the rifle, so when you pull it, your upper flings upward. Mm -hmm. I just recently patented and, and uh, started... That I, was I, that thing you showed me, little, right? Yeah, it's part called the drop stop. Have you the seen drop it? Stop. Oh, did I see the drop stop? You probably didn't get to see it's it. It's pretty okay. wild looking, man. It's uh, it's, it's it, the truth ingenuity is, though, right there. It, it works well. I mean, it's basically it's a everything I come up with usually is like a solution to something I see as a problem. Right. And so the part works great when you open it up instead of you fumbling with the front of your upper trying to hold it. Mm -hmm. You just open it. The drop stop keeps it in place, and then you can actually kind of flick it upward. It's like self-stabilizing. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, do yeah. your magazine work, all you got to do, and then go right back to it. It's so almost it's like the shotguns where you whip it up, mm -hmm. locks in. It's yeah. like that, but in the AR style. And, okay. I mean, it's right definitely going to be one of the... Uh, I got to check that out. I didn't see that It's yesterday. pretty. He, he showed it to me earlier. It's pretty wild looking. Yeah, it's cool. Nice. And But I did the TX3 right before that. That's an end plate, ambidextrous QD end plate. It's got a little end tool on it, so... That tool, if you're deliberate about it, you take it that off. That was the magnet thing you were showing me, right? Yeah, the other magnet one that mounts on the back of the end plate. Yeah. And so that is specifically for just takedown pins, like, you know, and so when we went out with that about two and a half years ago, we started showing it to Shot Show. We were getting interest from some of the big guys. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was kind of a difficult product to, to market because, you know, everything goes with branding and all the other stuff mm -hmm. too. So I didn't want to be Mag Magnet because that's just a California product. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's yeah. a cool name, you know, but it's it's California only. So I put it on the back burner because I had the idea for this 360 vertical grip probably mm -hmm. around eight, nine years ago. Back in 09 when I, actually 07, when I had the idea for the Mag Magnet, I also had the idea for this grip. So as we got out, started showing the TX3, which stands for Tactical Takedown Tool. Okay. So I was going to ask you what that means. Yeah, so the... um the grip was kind of like, you know, I, I just, in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, and I told my wife, I says, you know, you're going to probably kill me because we had spent the time, the money in, in, in manufacture yeah. these new parts. I said, but I'm going to stop. I'm going to take a back, let that take a back seat. And then I'm going to turn around and I want to design and, and manufacture this new grip, which was definitely more of a, was a bigger endeavor sure. than what we started off yeah. with. Hit, hit more people. Yeah. But, but all my, all my manufacturers are on locally in San Diego. So it was, Pretty quick process. Within three and a half months, we had had over 20 prototypes, but got it to the point where it functioned and locked correctly because it literally is a twist of the wrist to the lower section, mm -hmm. and then it sits on a ball, so you can adjust it anywhere. It's really cool. Yeah, I, I was when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's another you know forehand grip, and, yeah. and it's metal. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. I was like, exactly. I was like what's, what's the purpose? And then I saw you twist. And then starting to rotate it, and you can get it in any angle yes. that you want. Right. You know, and obviously the it, it's not going to bend all the way up. Does it go all the way up? I don't think it does. does no, it? but what we've had some guys do is actually the like gap man here, Carlos. Mm -hmm. He did a little video. He mounted his on the side rail. There you go. You can side it on the side rail, and you can actually go off to the side. And yeah. So when I came up with the idea, it was because I I liked the idea of a grip. And so everyone I ever bought just, it looked good, whatever it be. And in the end, it just didn't feel good. 
Yeah. And that's why I was like, man, I should just make the script. So it took me a while to get to Because you're limited to whatever it. angle they cut it at, whether exactly. it's the straight up and down or it's those uh, Sliding. angled. Yeah. So with, know, with your grip, is like it considered poles. a vertical grip or an angled grip? We haven't we haven't actually sent it to like ATF or anybody like okay. that to see what they designate it designated. I do believe that the part of where the, the, the pistol grip stuff comes into play is the 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 length of protrusion it it actually presents to you when it's mounted to the bottom of the handguard. So if it doesn't stick down further, I believe, than your actual trigger housing mm-hmm. or the, the magwell, technically, then I think it's it's, a vertical. it's just it's a grip. Okay. It's not considered a vertical grip. So or a, a, I, yeah, angled grip. An angle grip or right. something like that. So I think where we, we might have a little edge with it is if you did mount it on the side, and because we have a standard and a stubby length, that's the stubby will oh, not stick down Oh, so they come in two different further. sizes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, cool. Cool. Right on. Yeah, so. Right on. Yeah, we, we, we started selling them January will be two years. The first generation weighed like 9.3 ounces. It was all, you know, it had a metal ball, a steel ball, and mm-hmm. they're pretty cool. So yeah. I'll let me play with his. I, it was, man, what, that sounded bad. What are we talking about here? Yeah, that's, yeah. that sounded so bad. <laughs> hey, that's another show. Come on, man. That's a, that's a no, but Schwell has one on his, uh, right. on one of his rifles and I was messing around with it right. out here and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. You, yeah. need, you could, you know, just how easily and quickly you could flip it all around and stuff like right. that. Yeah. So if you're um, well, maybe a competition shooter, you know, they they do all kinds of different weird angles and things like that right. when they're when they're shooting. I could see, you know, maybe that coming in handy for, for oh they one of them they, they barricaded them. I had uh, Tom Raider with the firearms blog two I years ago. Yeah. Do you know Tom? Tom, yeah, Tom took Tom. it out to the superstition three gun not last year but the year before Mm -hmm. and he ran it through the whole thing and that was my gen one that weighed the most which weighed 9.3 ounces now they're all under six ounces nice and he's got a full like six page write-up with photos of every different way he used it he barricaded with it and and he's just like the thing solid it works great so yeah and that and that that fact that it's made out of that what kind of metal yeah. It's all it's all made out of seventy seventy five seventy seventy five aluminum and, and okay. so initially what we thought was so sturdy yeah you know, very 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 sturdy. sturdy yeah so like you're saying for barricades and you know barricade stops and whatnot it works great for that right and then the fact that you can angle it you know different way and three hundred sixty degrees down on the bottom uh, you can get basically any kind of barricade you know right fit and, up and, against and it's not so much that it's just the barricade it really comes down to I, what we believe is just the natural you know, na- the way your hand sits and the way it should sit. You know? Yeah, everybody's different. Right. Everybody hands are different. Their different. wrists are different. Their elbows are different. Yes, exactly. So the way, the way they purchase on a, a firearm, you know, right. with those other ones, like you're saying, you're, you're restricted to, you know, their yeah. angles. Exactly. And so it's, it's been a little bit of a challenge getting the, the, you know, everyone to accept it. Some guys are like, no way, this and that. And basically all I do is go look. I get how you've been trained for years and years and years. You know, you either liked the vertical mm-hmm. or you didn't. And if you didn't, you may do with how you were going to have to put your hand right. on your rifle to. But guess what? Not everything's for everybody. Exactly. That's right. why there's I, so I, many I like different products different out kinds, there. You know? man. I, I this like is just another beach, option, you know? you know, that that's definitely going to hit. you got a market for it. I mean, there's no right, doubt. There's right. a market out there for it. Yeah. But, and, and, uh, and a lot of guys. You're always going to have people that are just. It's always doubting. They're going to doubt everything until yeah. that. That's basically why we hit the road. Because I'm like, look, if I email and tell guys about it, nothing ever happens really. They got to get Once we walk it. in and they feel it, they're going, "Wait a minute!" I've had. Uh, it's one of those that you got to see to really kind of. You just see it and feel it. Like, like when I first know. saw it, I mean, I was I was 
doubting already. I was like, right. <laughs> but then I walked up to him. I was like, so we, you know, what do you got here? Yeah. 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 And then you're like, and I was like, oh, yeah. Right. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, good. I, the thing about our show is we, is we like to talk about innovative products, innovative companies. Right. You know, they're thinking outside the box. You're not doing the same old thing. You know, this isn't just another, you know, vertical, vertical grip or foreign grip. You know, this is, this is a new grip, a whole new concept. I've never yes. seen anything like it. So. Right. So and kudos and to you, man, for innovating. Keep the innovation going in right. our industry. And, and we will have some accessories to add to it. We'll have a monopod, a bipod, and we've already got a flashlight attachment that replaces the plate on the picatinny you just slip it on it's it's reversible so you can lose left or right handed and nice you know, just it's it's an accessorizable accessory Access- that will just keep <laughs> on go. coming up accessorizable accessory. I like that. and we've never had anything like it out there before so you know we're looking forward to all the fun stuff we get to do Very cool. Cool. right on right now what else um what else do you guys have what else are you doing? Uh, right now, we're just we'll be working on trying to get all the newer stuff because once people buy it, the idea is to get them to come back and go, "Hey, I It'll like you know, I want the monopod or I want a bipod." And yeah. it's so many guys have been like, I, I walked into a store in Lubbock the other day and walked in, talked to a couple of the sales guys. Well, yeah, I want to show you guys a new product. And there was a customer walking out, and he goes, "Well, what do you got?" And I said, "Well, vertical grip." He goes, "Ah, nope, never mind. Nope, don't worry about it." I'm, and I'm like, "Hey, no problem, bro. I, I get it, but right. give me a second. No, nope, nope." And as I tell my guy, call him, I'll call, pull it out, just show it to him. And he goes, what do you got? And he goes, look, and it's an adjustable grip. And he goes, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. He goes, okay. He goes, <laughs> so my mind if, here, if you put a bipod, the stand-up bipod for the hunter, he goes, I got a thousand guys are going to buy this right now. And I, and I said, I get it. I go, I, I go through this all the time because I've actually got guys that go, no, I don't like a vertical grip. And I go, I know why you don't like a vertical grip. That's why I made this. Right. And so basically I put it into their hands. I had some. Pretty old school Marine once at the Del Mar gun show in San Diego. And I kept trying to tell him, just try to, nope, nope, whatever, got trained on it. I said, do me a favor, just get the thing, put it in your hand so he gets it and <laughs> points it up to the ceiling and he starts messing with the grip and finding different angles. Really pretty serious gruff face. And then all of a sudden he gets a big smile on his face. He goes, okay, I guess it may not be, be for me, but wow, this thing is really cool. He goes, right. this is good. So it's a good feeling. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, he, it's cool. And he, I mean, he's one of those guys who realized that, you know, it's not something I can use, but I can see the benefits of it. Yeah. Right, right. I, I can see where this group of people, you know, could benefit from. Well, and I also think, like, the, the younger generation is so big into the new kind of innovative things. And, and so when we, when we get it and get it into the hands of those guys, they're going to really just, it, it'll just keep growing as right. it goes. And this is called the 360 vertical foregrip, right? Yeah. We actually changed it. You know, Kyle is doing some of our marketing stuff, post marketing. And what, what we decided was, let's called the RFG rotating foregrip. So as our new stuff comes out, we'll okay. be rotating because there's already a VFG vertical foregrip. There's yeah. an AFG, but there is no RFG. So there you go. Yeah. The RFG. There's no VFG either. So well, I think yeah. some of them call it vertical foregrip, yeah. but we just thought rotating. Was I think just yeah. Sort if you take the vertical out, then people are automatically, you know, labeling it and discounting exactly. it possibly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. From a marketing standpoint. Yeah. Kudos Definitely. to Kyle on that one. There you go. I like your logo too. Yeah, I mean, we just see. I, when I first saw your name, I'm thinking these guys do knives or you know or something like that. Right, right. That's not. We tried place. to keep a little with the sort of the medieval. We've got it where it says Victor Malley. Victor Malley is just Latin, and all it means is it's uh, conqueror of evil. And initially, we were going to go with Armamalum. Armamalum meant like, but it meant evil weapon. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving around one day, and it just like for a couple of weeks, it'd been bugging me. And, and I just called my wife and I said, Hey, babe, I'm all, 
why don't you Google the, you know, like, Victor, like something like that. And she did. And I'm like, okay, cause I'm all, we can't do that. I'm all, if anything, God forbid ever happened bad. Sure. And that thing we're involved, good. You know, it's just, it's no good. Be the so, end. Yeah. We <laughs> changed it. Yeah. Mm. And me a little drink of sweet tea there. Uh, so Tucker. Yes, sir. I mean, you guys are cranking out some pretty awesome Cerakotes. Yeah, man, we've been brought a big display to the show. Yeah, we've been and, uh, super. You guys busy. can look at our our uh, Instagram page. We did some posts with Tucker mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Uh, but as you're listening, go ahead and pull up his website, which is blackout. Uh, it's blackout underscore custom underscore Cerakote. There you Cerakote go. Cerakote spelled C E R A K O T E. Perfect. Now, as you guys have that website up, you can see the work that he's going to be talking about here. Yes, sir. Yeah, so lately we've been, um, you know, just branching out. You know, we started small doing uh, Cerakote just for a couple gun shops like last year. Um, But now, I mean, we've been getting guns from all over the country. And, you know, it's not only just, you know, customers. It's, you know, big companies. And, you know, like we just did a rifle. Mass runs. Not so much mass runs. runs. It's, you know, like uh, Radian, you know, touched base with us. And we did a, um, a rifle exclusively for them. And, you know, they... I'm sure you're familiar with Radium, but they use mm-hmm. a, a really distinct kind of gold yellow color for their logo. Right. So we actually duplicated that color because it's, it's not like a color you could just go on Cerakote website and say, hey, you know, I want this color. Right. You know, you have to custom mix that. And um, so we got their color codes and, you know, we did our best to come up with it. And, you know, from what they said, it, it looked like an exact match. But, yeah, we've been um, really busy. I mean, I've hired two other people in the time since uh, we last talked. And man, you are growing. Congratulations. Yeah, right thank you, man. Very nice. Um, one of them, he's a young kid, 23 years old. He's actually here with me. Um, you saw him over there. He's oh, okay. got one of the other shirts on. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but um, 23, graphic design student at UCF. So driven. Cool. I mean, just aw- and he is, I mean, just as much of the artist as I am. I mean, he comes up with a lot of the graphics that we use. Right. Um, the stencils, always making crazy vector files and stuff. So, um, yeah, we, we've been doing some pretty wild stuff, man. And, you know, on top of that, we started another company called Force One Tactical. And Force One Tactical. Force okay. One Tactical. It's Force the number one tactical. Okay. Is that a whole other website? Whole other it's a whole other website, whole other division. That is our CNC company. Okay. So this one's where you're doing the cuts. This is where we're doing the Glock slide cuts. We'll nice. be coming out with uh, all the MNP models here uh, probably within the next like three months. We're trying to have it in time for January, but. <clears throat> yeah, basically, we started coming out with, um, we're developing mag extenders now to kind of match what Sharps Brothers does with, like, the lower receivers, with, mm-hmm. like, the jack, the hellbreaker, stuff like that. So, um, those will be coming out soon. Um, but, yeah, right now, we're kind of focusing on our razor cut, which is our signature cut from Force One Tactical. Gotcha. Um, we put this c- cut through the ringer. Um, I mean, we put blood on our hands, oil on our hands, grease, whatever you could think of. And, I mean, you could still cock the thing 10 different ways. I mean, even with gloves on, no matter what, it's it's a solid cut. And the way we do it is because we have our slides sit on so many different fixtures, on mm-hmm. so many different angles, that the tool is able to put it at the right pitch where it gets such a sharp edge. Not too sharp enough to the point where, it, like, you know, you take your hand. Yeah. But it's, you know, especially after we sandblast it, it kind of takes the burr off. But, yeah. I mean, now is this like, uh, can you patent a cut? You know, I haven't, I haven't seen anybody do that, but you know, we're actually thinking of patenting our RMR cut because we actually just came out with that. I mean, we literally just patent anything. You can design that, which is pretty easy to get. We, I mean, we literally just finished our RMR cut probably a week ago. 
and it's the first RMR cut I have never seen anybody do where the the battle plate that actually goes on top of where the RMR would sit is actually skeletonized and hollowed out with four windows on top of it. Wow. So, I mean, you can literally see down in there and through it and all around it. So it makes it really cool, especially when you're tying in Cerakote with it, where you could do a color underneath and actually see what that color is. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, I kind of did that with my... Uh with mine, I was telling you about mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we did the cuts from the top and the sides, and then uh, we cerakoted the barrel. Right. And we put some designs on the barrel. I'll that, show you that tied in with the cuts. Cool. Yeah. I'll show you a quick picture of it. But I mean, it just it turned out so rad, and um, so we're really trying to put that into production now. And you know, for the people that want to purchase it, it will only go on our slide cut. It is not compatible with anybody else's slide cut. Okay. But that's basically a picture of it right there. Oh, yeah, I see what you're talking about now. So, but, I mean, uh, it's literally like this thick underneath there where you have room. That is cool. Yeah. That is real cool. I like that. One of our customers were even saying, like, yeah, I mean, I could put some money in there or something. Or I could put my yeah, what, what is that called? Uh, the RMR plate. The RMR plate. And yes. is that on your website? Yes, it is. Okay, so you, as you guys are listening to us, go check that out, and you'll see what we're <clears> oohing and on about. They are not available for purchase yet, but you can get them with one of our slide cuts. Gotcha. We, right now, we're making them just one-offs per slide. When you So I'm going to show you mine. We call this the uh, Talking Lead Knights Templar. Okay. Clearing the gun. It is clear. I'm handing it over now. Oh, yeah. That's wicked, man. So I call that Dragon Scales. Yeah. We, we did a rifle with this, like, a very similar pattern, and it was... This was one that I was telling you my employee, Ryan, he came up with. And, I mean, he did it all on his own. And I, it was layers and layers of paint, but the the customer was fanatic about it. It, it turned yeah. out so nice. This is gorgeous, though. Yeah. So I designed that. And then I had a buddy of mine that yeah. just got CNC that, that did the cuts for me. That's sweet, man. Really? That's awesome. Giving me some ideas. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I like a shield in there. That looks Yeah, baby. Yeah. And on the barrel, it's rubbed off now, but we had a one um, of the lions that, was, mm-hmm. um, that you see on the shields. Okay. The, the Knights Templar shields. Yeah, yeah. It rubbed off. How do you like those um, those Sharp Brothers overthrow lowers? Kind of goes with that theme, you know, with the Spartan helmet lowers. Have you seen those? Mm-mm. Oh, you haven't seen that? Mm-mm. Yeah. No, that's more Spartan. This is more Knights Templar. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, Crusaders. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, we've just been super busy with the slide stuff, and, you know, now we're <clears throat> in the process of trying to come out with more different slide model cuts. Um, so, you know, it's just that much more we could offer our customers. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's got the helmet. Yeah, that, yeah. that's that's what did it for me is, is like, whoa, you know, you don't really wow. see it, and you look at it again, and it pops out at you. Wow. Is it raining? Yeah. It's oh, rain. Is it is yeah. rain? I love those, I dra- like the dragon scales. That's wicked, man. Yeah, I like no, the dragons. Was... I've never seen that. Anyway, yeah, I wanted him to go all the way back with him. Some somehow he lost it in translation, but yeah. Um, well, it would be really hard around the chamber in the area just because of how thin the metal gets. Well, I mean, they could just skip there, but go that yeah. way with it. Yeah, bring it up there, and then I could have brought it up here, but I wanted that cross on there. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so, nice. Gun. I'm digging that. So we were talking about maybe you doing something like that on my new, yeah. my new Gen Five. Yeah, definitely some theme like that. I love yeah. that. That's the type of stuff we really like doing is one off stuff and. Like you, you know, you were holding that one rifle yesterday, the alien themed one. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, you know, there's just so much little detail in there that you can't really see in a picture or a video, but 
<clears throat> when you get it in person, I mean, it, it, it's just so much detail. I mean, into the Serica with like little markings, you know, yeah. smaller than, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I dig that the Cerakoting, you know, it used to be the people just do like a one color kind of thing. You know, I'm going to go with FDE. I'm going to mm-hmm. go with a ghost gray, but right. you know, it's become more, you, your weapon's more of an art. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a place def- to express your yourself and yeah, definitely you know, your artistic. And the way I look at it is, you know, everybody's you know with your rifle, especially when you're spending thousands of dollars on it, and then you know, you know, a couple hundred on Serica, you don't you know really want to damage it, and then you know sometimes it becomes too pretty where you, you want to let it sit <laughs> on a shelf. Right, but, you just want to display and have people look at it. Yeah. Right? So it, you know, and we do a lot of those types of paint jobs, but um, you know, for like on a lot of my personal weapons, which you know that spikes uh. Alien one was one of them. Yeah. I prefer more of like a real grungy, dark type of look. You know, that way if you do go, you know, mess it up a little bit. It's, it's going to blend in. It's going to blend yeah, in a lot right. more. You know, especially like, you it's know. like camo. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're a daily, you know, a weekly, sh- you know, competition shooter with, sure. you know, your pistol or whatever it may be, you know, do something grungy or something that's not going to, you know, really wear out quick. I mean, we could always layer it with, you know, clear coat to protect it. Wear it out, then they got to bring it back and do it again, man. Yeah, that's true. It's repeat business. Dude, I painted some guns like 10 times. Yeah. So it's just, I get bored with I'm it. I'm of the belief that you do, do what you like. Yeah. You know, yeah. Do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your gun. Do yeah. something that expresses your personality, you know, your likes. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, there's so many people that do Cerakote now. I mean, it's like, you know, when, we first got into this. I mean, there were a couple, you know, like big, lube companies. Yeah, you know, it's just like it's grown so much. And I mean, just even me personally, we have companies that contact us almost on a monthly basis. Like, hey man, can you give me tips on what you know tools I need, and you know, can you help me out with some you know paint tactics and stencils and stuff? And I really don't mind because, sure. you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but I think my work and if you go on our you know our pages or website, our reviews speak for themselves. Um, you know, we have a great customer base, um, you know, very loyal and I think they just really enjoy the work that we put out and, um, now I assume you've got your FFL. Yes. Okay. So people can send you from all over Mm -hmm. the United States, their gun, tell them the, tell them the the process for doing that. So typically the way the process works and, you know, I'm kind of glad you asked this question because that's what I think stopped a lot of people from actually doing the process of this, of sending a gun in to either get slide cut or, you know, Cerakote or stippling, but. For me, you know, and I used to be a customer, so, you know, I understood what it was and that fear that, you know, of sending your, you know, firearm in to get customized. Right. Somebody you don't know, you're sending them. You don't know. Am I going to get it back? (laughs) You know, and it's just, you know, how long am I going to be without it? You know, so with us, our turnaround time is roughly, you know, two weeks or less, which Mm. is super fast, you know, from what a lot of other companies do. But. I like to make the customer feel as super comfortable as I can throughout the whole process. And it's, my wife hates it. My kids hate it, but you know, it's part of having a good business. And mm-hmm. you know, so throughout the whole process, we're constantly sending the customer pictures like, Hey, this is the step your guns on, or how, how do you like this color shade? We could change it. Or, right. you know, do you like this stencil? You want smaller, bigger, whatever the case Keeps may be. Keeps them involved with the process and super involved. The anxiety of not having their firearm kind of subsides yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's why we've excelled. These pictures so are your baby. We're yeah. taking good care of yeah. your baby. Yeah. 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 Off a, lot, a lot of the times I end up sending a picture at the end and be like, dude, I can't send this back. Like, how much do you want for it? I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll buy it off <laughs> you. But, you know, that's exact, you know, that's how it pretty much goes. And, um, so when you you send us your gun, um, you send it in with a copy of your FFL or RFL in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, we disassemble it. We um, you know put it through the whole degreasing process. We sandblast it. We paint it, clear coat it. 
Um, then we reassemble it, test fire it, make sure it still works, and then we send it on back to you. Now, somebody's just sending you a slide. Mm-hmm. No FFL is required. Not, not required. It's just the mm-hmm. lower part that mm-hmm. that would require if you're going to do the stip lane or whatever. Correct. Know, whatever yeah. else. Now, do you do custom designs, or are you just doing the designs that you have on, for on your our, site? For our slide cut, we have one, um, one slide cut design in specific. We can do custom stuff, but... You know, it, it tends to get so expensive that not a lot of people do it. Um, so right now we just have our one signature razor cut and mm-hmm. then for the slides and we're coming out with two or three other models and designs, um, you know, that are going to be a little bit cheaper right. and easier to do. So it's also going to give us a quicker turnaround time for the Cerakote stuff. You dream it, imagine it. We could do it. You basically we could do anything you want. Very cool. Yeah. One more time. Give everybody your uh, website. It's blackout underscore custom underscore Cerakote. There you go. Steve? MID-EVIL.com. There you go. Medieval.com. And we didn't talk. What's the price point on your grips? Right now we have promotional pricing on it. It's eighty nine ninety five. dollars is okay. our MSRP. And, and if you go with the two, we have a couple colors in Cerakote. It's $20 more. Okay. And these things are really cool, guys. Make sure you go check them out. You're going to want one after you see it. I guarantee it. Uh, and then check out his other products too, especially California people. He's got some drop some, stop, the drop stop, the, the little, TX3. the magnet thing that, oh, mag magnets. Yeah. My yeah. Mag magnets still sell the mag magnets. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Guys, thank you for taking the time. Yeah. Thank, thank you for having us on the show. Today yeah, and definitely guys. Let our listener know about your, your products. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely, man. We yeah. appreciate it. So we might, we might need to get with you guys and get maybe some, uh, some lead head discount code set up for our, our yeah, subscribers. Definitely. Yes. For sure. Definitely. So, do that. Uh, We'll get something set up for you lead heads and get you a little special discount from these guys. Yeah. Wow. All right. More Thanks for having you. us, brother. Yeah. Always, anytime, man. Yeah. Anytime you guys have anything new that's coming out, you want to you know, get the word out, come come talking lead. Okay. okay. You're more than welcome. Sounds yeah. good. All right. More from Big Three East coming up soon. All right, lead heads. That wraps up another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. We appreciate you guys and gals tuning in. If you would, please leave us some feedback on the podcast service that you listen to us. That helps us in the ratings, and we greatly appreciate that. And support those who support the show. We'd like to give a big thanks to all our sponsors. Right on, the official optics of Talking Lead. That's R-I-T-O-N. Check them out at rightonusa.com for your full line of rifle scopes, red dots, binoculars, magnifiers, and soon they're going to have a nifty spotting scope for you guys. Modern Spartan Systems, modernspartansystems.com. Optimize your firearms with Modern Spartan Systems' full line of gun cleaning products, oils, and greases, and they also have products that extend the life of your automobiles and for you guys in the manufacturing business, your heavy industrial machines. ModernSpartanSystems.com. X Steel Targets. X Steel Targets. The best, most affordable AR500 steel targets on the market today is X Steel Targets. Check them out at xsteeltargets.com. Frontier Tactical, the makers of the Warlock multi-caliber adapter system for your AR-15. With their system, you can shoot up to 90 different calibers. It's like over 100 now, I think, something like that. But check them out at frontiertactical.com. They're also making their own line of AR-15s now that are fully compatible with their Warlock system. Right out of the box, you'll get an AR-15 fitted with their tried-and-true Warlock system. 
Check them out, FrontierTactical.com. High Threat Concealment. These guys make an awesome line of holster and belt accessories that are extremely concealable. So go check them out at HighThreatConcealment.com for their full line of belts, mag holsters, gun holsters, and accessories. And make sure you guys go check out Keltec, KeltecWeapons.com. They are going to be the official lead quarters for the 2018 SHOT Show. That's right, we're going to be broadcasting from their booth, the Keltec booth, at SHOT Show this year. All four days, we're going to be there, so if any of you lead heads are going to be at SHOT Show, make sure you come by the Keltec booth and say hey. Also want to give a big thanks to our buddies over at Asymmetric Technologies. They're once again sponsoring Talking Lead for our trip to the 2018 SHOT Show. So big thanks to Asymmetric Technologies. Check them out at asymmetrictechnologies.com. And with our sponsors and most of the friends of the show, you guys can use the discount code LEADHEAD and get awesome discounts at all of our sponsors' websites. So as you're shopping online, be sure to use that LEADHEAD discount code. Until next week, Leadheads, this is Left Hand signing off. And as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. This is Steve with Medieval Industries and your firearms closer. This is Tucker with Blackout Custom Cerakote and your firearms closer. And as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. Perfect. And as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. Keep your big black guns closer, boy. Let's hear it. <laughs> big black scary guns. All right. <laughs> And your guns closer, boy. Keep your firearms close to your heart there now. <laughs> Brandy, you do one. <laughs> I'm laughing at them. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Do something girly. Something girly. Something oh, girly. God. Um, keep your pots and pans closer. I don't know. <laughs> hey, can I do it? Can I do it? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's do it. Keep your Tiffany blue glock close there now. <laughs> that doesn't sound nothing like Brady. <laughs>